It's the talk with my good friends. It's the talk with my good friends. Tell all your friends and gather around. It's to talk with Micah, Micah friends. It's to talk with Micah friends. It's to talk with Micah friends. It's to talk with Micah friends. Tell all your friends and gather around. Hey guys, I'm just trying to make sure that people are logged in and it seems like they are. Give me one moment, please. Give me one moment. Okay. Now see that we are live, but I don't see, I, why am I not seeing? Oh, there we go. Okay, I got it now. All right, we're gonna play that one more time for the people who missed it, and we're gonna go ahead and get it rolling. Give me one second. It's the talk with my current friends. It's the talk with my current friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the talk with Micah and friends. It is me. Let me back up just a little bit. Okay, it is me, Micah Pierce. I hope that each and every one of you are doing well. I want to make sure that I am not covered by the sign. So welcome to the talk with Micah and friends. My name is Micah Pierce. If you do not know me, now you do. Um, <laughs> if you do know me, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for coming on and being a part of the talk with Micah and friends radio show. Um, I have this particular show. Um, hold on. Give me one second, y'all, because I'm trying to make sure that everyone is able to see me. Okay, so um, so anyway, so this is the Talk With Mike and Friends radio show. I created the show um, six and a half years ago, December of 2013. And this particular, um, this particular show or platform was geared toward the LGBTQIA plus community. I wanted to make sure that we had representation, that we had a place where we did not have to conform to Hollywood or conform, conform to what um, the people wanted us to be and how we wanted to, you know, how they want us to operate things. I wanted to make sure that we had a platform where we can come on, just common folk, come on and talk. Uh, I can interview uh, interview activists, advocates, um, interview activists. Act I see, and this is because it's live, people are texting me, hey, what time is the broadcast? 7 p.m., baby. Go to my page. Uh, I can interview activists. Um, advocates for the community, philanthropists, leaders, 
um, uh, iconic people, legendary people, title holders, all that sort of thing. And then there was a thing, there was a series that I started called Real Raw and Uncut. Real Raw and Uncut was really gutter, was really R, rated R, but we talked about everything. There was nothing that was not, um, that was, that we didn't touch or was left off of the table. We touched everything for the many years that we continued to continue this series. And then it became a point where I said, you know what, let's elevate this a little bit. You know, I have other people watching. I'm not going to dim it down, but I just want to elevate it just a little bit. And I renamed it from Real Raw and Uncut to Candid Conversations. Candid Conversations was a series that lasted for a very long time. People loved being a part of it, um, wanted to be a part of it. Um, and uh, so there are many people that I have to thank at this particular moment. And if I if I've forgotten the name, please forgive me. But I want to make sure that I shout you all out that um, that were uh, intricate parts um, of the talk with Mike and friends and candid conversations and real raw and uncut. So here we go. Thank you to Stephen Dwayne. Thank you to Stephen Dwayne, Chris McKinley, Slick Foster, um, uh, Trey Milan, uh, Margella, Prince Cassadine, Cameron Black, um, Zachariah Saj, Albion Arnell Davenport, uh, Todrick. Uh, Todrick, a.k.a. Tyreek, um, Tavares Conley, Paris Smith, Kobe Black, Jaylon Dickerson, um, Markel Williams, Sheena Devine Hawkins then, but now Eugene Hayes, Kenya Black Dupree then, now River Rahim, uh, Jasmine Tasaki, uh, Jada P. Starr, DeLoreal Mendoza, Neandre Bonet Dupree, Derek Bristol, Demario Thornton, Timothy Chiron Jackson, Amaya Johns Chancellor, Doray Sierra Saunders, Ebony Sherry, um, John John Cooper, Henry Hill, D. Davis, Danny Sanders, Sayez Fox Bonet, Del Rio Cole, and the infamous T.S. Madison. Um, so all of those individuals were a part of my Candid Conversations community hall um, shows. And so I just want to say thank you so very much because of you, this is still continuing. So here we go. Let's go ahead and I have to look over here to my, um, make sure I'm on, I'm on task. Welcome again. Make sure you, you can comment, guys. You can propose a topic. Please share it with your friends. Again, we're on YouTube, Micah Pierce TV. We are on Facebook, Micah Pierce, all right? So I want to go ahead and get my panel on. So I'm going to welcome our first panel member. And um, I'm just going to pull them up. And they're going to say their name, uh, where they're from where they currently reside, their age or their age bracket, um, and any social media tags. So whatever social media they would like for you to follow or a friend or whatever, or check them out, you know, at that point, they can do that. So here we go. Give me one second. Let me bring everything on. All right. And so we're going to start with this um, young man. Hold on. Let me unmute you. Okay. There you go. Hey everybody, my name is Andre Brown. Uh, people also know me in the in the pageant world as Dimitri. Uh, my brand is the Houses of Dracy. That's D R E Y C E E. Uh, I reside here in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'm originally will always say that I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and I am the senior of the group. I'm 54 years old. All right. Well, thank you, Andre. We'll come right back to you. All right, and then we're going to bring this young man on here. <laughs> Hold on, let me unmute you. Let me unmute you. Okay, there we go. Okay, good. Hello, everybody. My name is Cheshire Adams. Uh, I'm from the city of Newark in Jersey. I'm 30 years old. Um, you can follow me 
all social media networks, um, Cesare Adams, uh, I should instantly pop up because I'm like the only Cesare in the world that anybody knows. Um, I'm in ballroom, uh, among other things. Okay, thank you so very much. Now let me go ahead and bring this young lady on so she can tell us, hopefully her mic and everything is working. Give me one second. Go ahead. I can't hear you. Oh, hold on one second, that's me. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Hey, everyone. I'm Toy Washington. Um, originally from New Orleans, moved to Atlanta, then moved to Birmingham. I'm a part of ballroom, a part of pageantry. I'm also um, an advocate um, for the LGBTQ plus community, where I work daily as a programs director or director of programs for um, Take Resource Center, which is transgendered individuals transgendered at advocates knowledge and empowering um i'm also a part of several boards and um, committees throughout the lgbt community where i focus on equity and equality for trans women of color specifically because we understand that trans women are the most marginalized members of the intersection that we call life so oh all right that's me well thank you so very much and then we're going to go ahead and bring on this uh young man here he's going to tell us about himself Hold on, James, I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. Well, good evening and good afternoon, everybody. My name is James Phillips. I'm originally from Conway, South Carolina, better known as Bucksport. Um, currently reside in Los Angeles, California. And I'm 38 years old. Um, I am the personal executive assistant to Miss Tony Braxton herself. And um, I'm in the ballroom as well. You can follow me at, on Facebook at Mia Monet Mugler. <clears throat> are on Instagram at Mia Monet eleven twenty. Okay, thank you. And we're gonna bring this young man on. Oh. And you can go. Go ahead. Hey, hello everybody. I'm Slick Foster. I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, home of the Super Bowl champs. But uh, I live currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm 34 years old. I'm Slick Foster on Facebook and Pre-Ricke on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. That's P-R-E-T-T-I-R-I-C-K-K-A-Y. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll bring you back on in just a second. All right. And me. All right. So I am Micah Pierce. Uh, I am, I'm going to, where am I from? I'm from the same place James is from, <laughs> um, from South Carolina. I tell people a lot that I'm from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, because you guys have no idea where, you may know what Conway is because you have to pass Conway to go through Conway to get to Myrtle Beach. Um, so I'm from the Conway Bucksport area, um, but Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, where I currently reside, um, well, I'm gonna do like uh, Toya did. So I lived in Atlanta for 12 years, DC for two and a half, and I've been here in, um, East Orange, New Jersey for four years and about four months or five months now. Um, and I work in New York, but of course I'm working from home right now because of the pandemic. So I'm gonna bring everyone on here. And speaking of the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm going to bring everyone on um, and bear with us if we have any technical issues, um, you know, hey, this is the first time and we're gonna get it right. So let me go ahead and try to bring everyone on here. Okay. So, um, so everybody's here, great. So the first question is, uh, and I'm gonna bring it up here on the screen. All right, come on computer, let's get it 
Okay, there we go. It's a little slow, but I'm gonna go ahead and um, ask it anyway, and just, you know, whenever the, the computer is doing its thing. So my question, okay, uh, my question will be, how have you all been dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic? How have you all been dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic? Raise your hand and let me know who wants to go first and I'll unmute you. <laughs> okay, all right. So let's go ahead. So go ahead. How have you been dealing with this um, COVID-19 pandemic? I've been good. I love it. I'm already a homebody, so it wasn't hard for me to stay home. I don't really like going to clubs and bars and stuff because my anxiety is horrible. So I've been enjoying it, but um, it took me about, I'd say, two or three weeks once we actually got into the quarantine to kind of take it serious, to actually see and sit down and read and watch everything that was going on. But I've been at home chilling. And thank God I got a new little baby to keep me company. So. Yes, little doggy. Um, so, so what would you say would be like a pro and a con? Give me one pro through this pandemic, and give me the con. Uh, one pro is that I stopped eating fast food, <laughs> and then a con. Uh, a con would be just interact, miss the interaction with people, like actually face to face, and just having that, especially at work. Oh my gosh. Like it makes my whole day go by long longer because I don't have nobody to turn around and just talk to or maybe just turn around or say hey or something to. Right. What um what have you what have you learned about yourself through this uh special time in our lives? And then I'll go to to the other members. But what have you learned about yourself throughout this these last two months? Um that I'm a <laughs> I don't see nothing, honestly, because I, I was already, like I was doing this prior. I really, I don't. I just was going to work and then coming home. I don't really do much, so I didn't really. Nothing changed for me besides the fact that I don't have to go into a building to clock in and clock out. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so now uh, let's go to Andre. And Andre, give me a moment. Okay, there we go. All right, so Andre, you're um you're being unmuted currently. There you go. So Andre, tell us what have you been uh what have you been dealing with within this pandemic and um you know the pros and cons, you know all those great questions. Yeah, well, it's been a lot for me. I, I'm uh, I didn't say this in my opening, but I'm a nurse and I work at one of the uh, largest health settings here in the city. I don't do direct patient care, so I'm not in ICU. I'm not in the ER. Um, that runs into that type of contact, but I do work uh, with a population that is immunocompromised. So uh, having to go to work is something else because you're kind of on alert from the time you leave your house. You know, you are walking through the halls and going through places. So there's a lot more opportunities that you have to come in contact with COVID-19. So for me, it's been a little different. Um, so, you know, you're kind of mentally drained by the time you get back home. There's a lot of calls that you're making, talking to patients and stuff like that. So it's really kind of like all hands on deck for me. Um, so it's different. So um, pros and cons is um, pros is I think that, you know, this type of run through, we haven't ever had any type of thing like this. There are countries that, in the Western civilization that deal with this all the time. And us as a nation, we have been somewhat protected before this president got into office. Um, so we don't know what this is like. And we I think this is something that we've come to learn, to learn to maybe save better. We've been talking about for years that 
Susie Orm and them say, oh, you know, you should have eight months of operating costs in the bank and so and so. But we've never been at this place where necessary for that. Um, so that's to me, I'm just uh, I'm happy as a healthcare worker that we get to do some of this stuff. The cons is the number of lives lost and the just seeing um, just how, what a catastrophe really looks like. Um, and having to deal with that emotion because this will be a new form of PTSD that we're going to probably see in people moving forward. Um, I hate to really see the financial implications and just, you know, what is happening in our world today because this is where people really show you who you are, who they are, your employers, um, uh, your, the doctors that you go to, how people govern themselves. You know, as we sit in social distancing, I'm sure that you all seen how people are still not taking this very seriously. Um, and so you just see the, the, the diversity in the world and the people that exist in society today. Um, so, you know, it's been kind of different. Now, for me, I'm, I'm enjoying coming home. I'm fortunate I have a partner that's still working. I'm still working. Um, so, you know, it, it's not that bad. The financial implications probably haven't been that bad, but I do have a a, a, a lot of people that it has. I have a lot of friends, a lot of places that do service industry, and it happened like fast. So, you know, but we're we're doing what we all do, you know, from the shows that we see. So that's just my view on how I have to deal with it in my family. You pointing to me? I can't hear you. Can everybody else hear me? You can hear me? Okay. Well, since everybody else can hear me and the host can, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. First of all, um, I'm out here in LA by myself, no family, no friends, really nothing. I'm in the Woodland Hills area. So um, this pandemic has really caused me to stay. This is my first time. I've been in my apartment for almost five years now. I've never been in my apartment this long because most of the time we're traveling or we're on set or we're doing something. So right now that's been the best thing. Working from home has been the best because I get to actually say I like my apartment a little bit. And then second of all, um, I just, hmm. only thing I miss about work is traveling. I miss going in and out of the country. That's what I miss that the most about work, always being in a different country or a different state or a different place every other week. But the um, cons are, um, I don't have nobody here like to actually just come over, wrap up. They can stand outside my um, balcony and we can have a plastic cup toast and all kind of stuff, but it's just, 
The only kind is just being out here by myself, literally by myself. So I'm on the phone all day on FaceTime with my cousin or my other cousin. Are yeah. we all on the phone together? And other than that, I learned this about myself though. I've, um, basically, I picked up some old, I'm picking up a new talent that I didn't know I had, that I just had to get better at. But I'm also teaching myself how to sew. I've got two sewing machines, I'm teaching myself how to sew. Um, I've learned that it's okay to be by yourself because I'm never really by myself, but now I'm learning it's okay to be by myself and just grow within yourself. So I've learned that. I'm growing a lot within myself and loving myself more than I did before going into this. Okay. Yeah, and we've had many. I mean, we, we talk, we're on FaceTime. Every day. Uh, every day. I mean, there's times when I fall asleep, they fall asleep, you know, but that is the new normal for us at this point. Um, and I've been enjoying it because I'm, I'm not a FaceTime person. Cesare can about today, you know. <laughs> but I am getting better with it, and I really appreciate it, especially in these times. So, Toya, let's go to you, and then we'll go to Cesare, and then we'll go into some deeper conversation. Um, and I'll, ask, I'll also ask Andre about something. But just really quickly tell us, you know, how have you been dealing going through this pandemic? Um, what are the pros and cons for you, and what have you learned about yourself throughout this process? Um, how have I been dealing with the pandemic? Um, I've been using this as a um, time to just creatively dig into some areas and some projects that I had put on the back burner. Um, while a lot of people were displaced, fortunately, I was still able to work because I work in a um, in a field and in a much needed capacity. Um, I was still going into work. So um, I was trying to make sure that um, the ladies that um, I work with daily um, have the things that they need so their needs can be met, which meant for me, um, um, looking for funding opportunities, writing grants, um, proposals so that we can continue the programming that we need to make sure that the needs of the women of the trans community in the Birmingham area where I work, where I live, um, their needs are being met. So I was just still working. I just wasn't able to have contact with my ladies as much, but I still had to do some daily things like making sure that they were able to make their appointments and things of that nature. Um, but for the most part, I still was able to work. Um, how has it helped me or how have I benefited from it? Like I said, it just made me tap into some other areas that I needed. This reminded me kind of of a situation I went through back in New Orleans, where I'm originally from, when Hurricane Katrina happened. Um, what I learned back then was if you get something based off of your talent or your skill, um, it'll be easier for you to acquire and build more. Um, so I just use this time to just sharpen my skills. So in, in case something like this happens again, hopefully it doesn't, but I'll be in a better place the next time because you grow and grow as it happens. Um, we don't know what the future is with this, but I just want to make sure that I'm aligned with a shift if one happens again. Um, pros and cons for me is that... Um, I don't, I, the con is that I'm not able to socialize um, in the capacity in which I was familiar with, which was going to events and things of that nature. Well, fortunately, I was able to attend Black America. That was the last event I attended before the um, before the um, social distancing really took it took effect, and before the stay-at-home orders were put in place. But um, the, that was. Yeah, so the con for me is not being able to um, liaise with my family and friends the way I would normally do. Um, but the pros for me is just me having that time alone to myself to really just shape some things and, and tap into some talents that um, I, I, I had. So, yeah, the pros and cons for me. Um, yeah. Okay. 
Thank you so much. Now we're gonna bring uh, Cesare and then I'll give you mine. I don't think I should just have you guys say what your pros and cons or whatever you've been going through. And oh, I'm on Auntie Clara. Okay. <laughs> so let me go ahead and bring on um, Cesare. And uh, yes, yeah, so uh, so somebody chose to unmute. So Cesare, did you mute yourself? No, you can hear me. Okay, I can hear you now. So, okay. um, how have you been dealing with this COVID nineteen pandemic? What are the pros and cons, and what have you learned about you? What, what have you learned about yourself through that, this particular? Situation? Um, first of all, I like your hoodie. I was oh, thinking, thank you. I was, I, I was gonna wear my red. One. I was hoping you was gonna wear yours, but I was thinking about it. I was like, uh, should I wear my red one? But now I'm. I just proud to be a legend. Yeah, so. legend. Okay. Yeah. Um, how I've been handling this situation? Well, first of all, I'm a homebody anyway. I have um, my internet, my cable, my Xbox, all that stuff at home. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm pretty, being home uh, was pretty much nothing for me. Um, the only thing that I I hate about this whole thing is besides um, a lot of the, the deaths that's coming on. And for those who are just tuning in, I'm uh, Cesare, I'm from Jersey. Uh, we have the second highest most cases um, in this country. Um, uh, only for only state that's that has more than us is New York. Um, but honestly, you would think that life would stop where I'm from, but it really hasn't because people are still shooting, people are still killing, people are still robbing, uh, domestic violence is still happening. Um, so I mean, in my city, it's, it's still moving as far as crime is concerned. It's just a lot of things are, are shut down um, as far as like the down, like the downtown area, which a lot of people go to to do, do like shopping and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I do miss um, is hanging out with my friends, um, because if I'm not in the house, I'm always with my friends or I'm, or I'm with family or I'm with my or I'm with my significant other. Um, so we're like we're all I'm always doing something. Um, me and Micah. We've only known each other for a year, but one of the things, me and him, we always link up and we always go out um, and we have drinks and laugh and dance and whatever the case may be. So that's kind of like something um, I kind of miss because I'm a huge family person and a huge, um, I don't call too many people. Or you miss, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, um, I'm a huge family person. Um, and I don't call everybody my friend. So those who I do call my friend, um, they mean a lot to me. I interact with them a lot. Um, also being quarantined when I have, when I'm not, when I do have the opportunity to be inside is, uh, I'm writing, uh, now cause I always wanted to write a book. Um, so I'm like doing a little writing here and there. Um, and also I'm a newfound DJ. So like on Sundays, I'll be doing like house music on Sundays. Not really a DJ. I just be playing like through my Pandora, you know, I pay for the little subscription where there's no ads. <laughs> so I'll be getting like the little Facebook lives, jumping and stuff like that, having people grab their drinks and stuff. So other than that's really it. Okay. Well, thank you so very much. And I guess I'll go ahead. I just want to make sure that, um, comment i'm not on facebook right now through this particular app but please make sure that you're able to hear me i did um text a few people and they said they were able to hear me james pointed out that someone said they couldn't hear me maybe that was that maybe that was when i had my phone on mute or i had this app not my phone but this app on mute so hopefully you guys are able to hear me but one one of the viewers said they are able to hear me now um now for me the question was how have how, how have i been dealing with this covid 19 pandemic uh oh what what's lit you said what happened? 
Hold on one second. He was holding his he was holding his hand up. Yeah, because that became hey, you gotta you gotta uh, change the privacy setting on Facebook so we can share the because I can't share the status on Facebook to share the live. Okay, hold on one second. Well, Michael's so private. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hold on one second. Now everything else is share, everybody did that you just did that till we can't live so that nobody could see it or something. Nobody can't. I mean, hold on. Let me just make sure. Edit privacy. Go to public. Oh, gotcha. No wonder. Yeah. Okay. Now I've made it public. Yeah. That now it'll be back. Okay. Friends. Thank you. I apologize. I yeah. never every time that I post this, I, I th but I think it's how the app works. Okay. So now let me say uh, how about the dealing so we can move forward. Um. Also. Um, please visit this on the screen right now. Please visit streamyard.com forward slash Facebook if you would like your name and your comment to appear on the live feed. If you have a topic, a comment, a concern, something that you want us to talk about, please go ahead and type that in the comment section so therefore I can go ahead and bring that on the screen. Okay. How about how have I been dealing with the um the COVID-19 pandemic? I've been dealing um the very maybe it was like the first day or the second day I got back from Atlanta, which was the 17th. That was the last time I saw New York. I went from the airport to the Uber to the train to home. Um, and it wasn't until I started watching the news I really broke down and cried, like maybe that night or the next day, because I it really, it really like like I really was able to figure out, like, oh my God, this is like real, like you know, um, because in the in the 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 thick of things that relates to Black America. I was busy. I was working. I was, you know, trying to direct and produce this pageant. So with doing all of that, I wasn't really thinking about. I was kind of like out of sight, out of mind type of thing. But it wasn't until I came to New York, came back to New York, saw the airport, you know, then came back to where I live and just saw that nobody was on the street and it just it just looked really really bad. And so I just was at my home and I just started crying. I started listening to gospel music and spirit. I'm a very spiritual person. So that kind of hit me at first, but I'm not a person where I revel in that and I and I stay in that. Um, I, I did my crying, I did my praying, I pressed into God more, I leaned on leaned on to him and I gave it to him. Um, the pros, um, I'll say the con first. The con for me throughout this pandemic has been the fact that um, I am not, as Cesare said, I am not able to connect with the people that uh, are so near and dear to me here in um, East Orange or not even East Orange, I don't really do anything here in New York. So that has been the con that I have not been able to you know, go bowling, go to the movies or go shopping. Everybody says I have a problem, but I haven't been able to go shopping um, or, you know, really go to my restaurants and have my brunch or have my, you know, whatever. Those are the things that I do miss. You know, the um, the pro, though, is for me, people who don't know me, who've come to my life in the last 10, 15 years may have not known that I did have a, a background in theater and a background in, you know, um, I want to say vocal performance because I'm not about to sing for you guys, but James knows all, this, all of these things, you know? So what I decided to do was that for so many years, I continued to sow myself, in, I, I continued to sow into other people. And I love seeing other people flourish. I love seeing other people have success, all of my friends. And I feel like if you're not going to be able to be a friend that's going to be able to inspire me, uplift me, encourage me, then I don't need you in my, I don't need you in my corner, you know? And so because for 10 years I grew up as only, only child, I was able to learn how to entertain myself. But I decided, okay, uh, Micah, what are you going to do? Like, there's got to be something that you can do. And so by people knowing me through pageantry and all that great stuff, that's great, you know, but that's only one side of me. And so I chose 
to show people the other side of me, which is the acting for me doing the s'more and the Jennifer Lewis. Thank you, Jennifer Lewis, for commenting and liking uh, my video I did of you. Um, and I have some more coming too. And then me tapping into Aunt Clara. Aunt Clara is a funny character. And when I put on a wig, I'm telling you, it's just something different. I didn't think I was funny, never thought I was funny like that. But maybe I am. I don't know. But I'm just starting to tap tap into other things such as character development, getting back into my acting, getting back into things that fuel me, getting back into the things that um, that I find joy and that I find joy in and being selfish. Um, and I'm not a selfish person because I know that I give a give and give to other people. But it's time for me as I'm getting older to really sew back into myself. So that's what um, that's what I've been doing. That's the pros and the cons. And in a nutshell, that's what I've learned about myself is that I've. I've done so many things, you know, James and I will go through the yearbook and I'll see that I was voted most talented. I'll see that I did this and James will see that he did that. And we and we figured out that we have to tap into those things because those things still are within us. So um, the next thing that my computer keeps, um, my other computer, but I wanna go to the next topic. I'm gonna open the lines up for everybody on here. I'm not gonna mute anyone because I wanna make sure this is a conversational piece, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so again, really quickly, please visit streamyard.com forward slash Facebook if you would like your name and your comment to appear. Comment in the section below. Um, hey, my panel members, if no one's talking or whatever, and you see a comment under there, you know, you think it's a good topic, bring it on. All right, so the next thing I wanna talk about is uh, pop culture. Pop culture and social media chat, okay? And so when I think about pop culture and social media, the first thing that I, that I told, told um, my guests was uh, in, re in relation to shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta, The Kardashians, Married to Medicine, Love and Hip Hop, Growing Up Hip Hop. Um, Y'all know the reality shows out there. Um, do you think that these shows should continue? Um, why or why not? Um, are we beating dead horses at this point as it relates to uh, social media? I mean, excuse me, until uh, this pop culture called reality television. Just give me what your, your, what your thoughts are about it. Um, and I'm gonna again um, everybody. So so remember when you're talking, everybody everybody that's on live can can see it. So I'm gonna unmute everybody, and whoever the first person that would like to chime in, go ahead and um, I'm just unmuting everybody. Give me a second. Um, unmute. Okay. Unmute. Oh oh, Toya, I think you muted yourself. That's why I can't unmute you. Okay, so let me do it again. Okay, th there we go. All right, I think everybody is on. So again, the question is, should shows like Real Housewives of Atlanta, Kardashians, Married to Medicine, Love and Hip, Hip Hop, should those things continue for our culture? Why or why not? Whoever would like to respond first. I'm so on the fence. I, don't, I never watched it, so I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, it's a two-edged sword, and I try to respect people for their talents, and I know it's entertainment, and blah, 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 blah. I love the inspiration in the clothes and the stuff that it does. But the old school part of me is the message that it sends as other people see us, especially like your love and hip hops and, you know, and and it's TV. And I don't care what anybody says. It's supposed to be reality TV. But when you're being viewed in a camera there and you need and your contract depends on the foolishness because that's what we like and that's rating like they, they sex sales these are ratings they like the foolishness they like to see uh women of color be catty with each other and disrespectful uh, more people watch 
So, you know, that's how I ratings. That's how they make their money. I'm not trying to stop nobody's bags, as they say. But I will still think that maybe there should be a disclaimer, like, you know, what not to do, you know, or how not to act with your girlfriend or, or something like that. Because I think that young people are highly influenced and that for some people, like I, I you know, I work in a predominantly female field somewhat. And so these these conversations that I hear about how you know, they perceive and it just becomes such a real conversation to them and they want to be these people or, you know, they spend so much time talking about other people's lives. And you so know, that's the problem that I kind of I kind of have with it. Okay. And I feel like when the reason why they talk so much about other people's lives is because they want a distraction from their own problems and their own lives. So watching other people's problems and other people's lives in, in shambles gives them all the the love and the happiness that they need so they can don't have to worry about nothing else that's going on with them. And that's a, that's what I think that that's why I think that they should kind of get rid of it because at this point, reality TV has had is 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 go for me. Like it's been going on since Flavor of Love. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. So it's been a long time. And now it's just like okay, it's repetitive. Everything's the same. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's arguing. Everybody's just it's not it's nothing positive about it. You have some positivity yeah. ones, but they don't get the the ratings yeah. and the, the recollection that everybody, all that negativity gets. That's true. My just is I don't watch it. I never did watch it. I'm a part of one of the reality shows. We're not part of it, but I'm on the scenes behind it. So it doesn't thrive me and none of it is real. Yeah, it's, it's like an acting format to me, really. Yeah, I don't. It, it, I don't think format, you get, it's an format without the script. Yeah, I don't think that you mm -hmm. get, you don't still don't get their authentic self. You don't. You get the character. Then they write their own script. It is scripted. They write their own script. Yeah. So you, you just get the character they created. That's why they gotta go through glam. You gotta get up a hair and makeup because if you see them for who they really are, ooh, yeah. I don't yeah. I just watch the reality shows, honey, that I know I will never be able to do. Like, so you think you can dance and those things. Yeah, that's all I, was about to say. <laughs> yeah. I like to do stuff that expand my vision. So I don't like to deal with stuff that's really tangible, stuff that I deem not something I want to apply or is implicable to me. So yeah. like, so you think you can dance? I love that. And things like the voice. I can't sing. So I love those type of things. Um. But I, I mean, I, you know, I don't like to yick nobody's yang or whatever. They have people that really love those type of shows. But I do yeah. uh, want to revert back to the question that Micah asked in, the, um, in our opening in our opening um, about the pros and the cons. Hopefully with this pandemic, we were able, um, like most people in society, we were able to harness on the talent or a gift that we didn't realize we had or one that we was put to the side because of social social oppressions that we deal with every day. Hopefully this break gave us an opportunity to cultivate and sharpen those things. Mm -hmm. So we'll see an influx of new talent and new ideas that can move this to the new frontier, that can change the trajectory of reality shows. That's what I'm hopeful about. That's one of the pros that I'm wishing for with this. Wow, so girl. <laughs> Good luck, y'all, because it ain't happening. Go ahead. I love, I love the reality shows. Um, some of them. I do. Um, I'm, I'm family I love Atlanta Housewives, even though some of them can pack it up and they need to bring back Phaedra. 
Um, I love, uh, I watched uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills. I cannot wait for Housewives of Potomac to come back on. Um, I'm not really into loving hip hop, like, cause at first I don't even listen to rap like that. Like, so that really don't interest me. Um, well, it don't matter because none of them on the show even have music, so. <laughs> <laughs> or in hip hop at all. Well, says I Exactly. But I think, um, I think somebody who who's in law enforcement, um, who's who's really into politics, somebody who's in ballroom. Um, I wish that they created a reality show that's actually on a major network that that was focused on LGBTQ people. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of getting over um, these typical reality shows like Keeping Up the Kardashians stuff like that because it's like. Yeah, we got Pose, but Pose is just showing what ballroom was when it first started. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really not showing. It's really not getting people into the now. Mm-hmm. And, and but what about the show that's coming on HBO or Cinemax? That's Vogan. That's Oh, that's just Vogan. Vogan. Only. Yeah, not everybody in ballroom Vogue. Yeah, another and dance show. <laughs> no. That's really dedicated around LGBTQ because let's be honest, when people think of LGBTQ, the first thing they think of is cross-dressing, a stylist, somebody who does hair, makeup, stuff like that. They don't think of somebody who's an executive producer behind the scenes or somebody who's in law enforcement or who does politics or who might be a worker. Like they don't think like they don't think of think about those things. So that's why I was like. I'm getting over reality TV, but I love reality TV at the same time. <laughs> you brought up an interesting point, Cesare, as it relates to um, uh, creating a space and creating reality um, for us on a major network. The problem that I have, um, well, let, let me say this, and then I'm going to hit your point. As it relates to Real Housewives, Kardashians, or whatever, I'm going to tell you the Kardashians, they inspire me. I, I look beyond... <laughs> what they're what they got going on this person cheated on this person that person cheated on this person oh this i look at okay they started a makeup line i don't care if they if they came from a family of of privilege and and wealth or whatever the case may be they there was a point at one time in their lives where they didn't really have as much as they did so i look at the boss moves that chris does i look at um what kim is doing and has done regardless of the sex tape i look at I look at all of them and see what they're doing outside of just dressing up and putting on a show. So I'm inspired in ways. I take my inspiration from different people in different different ways. Um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta, I always tell people this. I was so embedded and invested in Real Housewives early on. I was a Nene fan. I'm nobody's fan at this point. Um, but what I want people to realize, and I've worked with the Braxton before, you know, um, for, for you know, for a little while or whatever. I saw that and I'm not, I, I still love, you know, that family. But the thing is, is that we as people, when we're having these conversations in these groups and these discussion groups or amongst people, we have to realize that this is entertainment. So when so when I'm looking at TV, I'm looking at it solely for what it is, just as though if I'm watching, uh, you know, Scandal, if I'm watching, you know, something, one of my favorite Netflix shows, it's entertainment for me. I'm not so much, I'm not that invested in their lives, you know, because they can't really do anything for me. You know, now I may take a little something from here and there, oh, maybe you got your boutique, maybe that's something I want to do, whatever, you know, but um, look at it, somebody's phone, look at it solely as what it is, entertainment. Now back to Cesare. 
the point in regards to creating um, a space for us. If you go onto uh, if you go onto YouTube, you see many web series that feature LGBTQIA plus members. The thing that I have a problem with, and I feel like the reason why people are not getting on the major networks is because you are taking, you're going the wrong. This is my opinion. I don't care who's watching and who you know. I do care who's watching, but I don't care. I know what you got to say. But what you feel in relation to what I'm about to say. Um, I'm not knocking anyone's bag, as Andre said, and all of that. Do what you do. We got to get there how we get there. You just don't sell your soul in the process. Um, we don't have to mimic what the Real Housewives is doing and, mm -hmm. and, and all these love and hip, and we got to have the enemy, and we got to have this and the other. You're on these web series for you to be able to cultivate a brand, for you to be able to be on a platform and show people that I'm a stylist, I'm a makeup artist, I do music, I produce, I write, I this and the other. And what I wish the, the producers would um, do is focus more so on that. Focus more so on what they're doing outside of sitting around a table and gossiping and throwing drinks and wanting to fight over nothing. You and know, sucking. That's all you yeah. hear is sex on a game. That, 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 that is not our community. You know, that is not our community. You know, um, we all are doing that as a relation to a, to a society. But that's what I would want to see. Yes, I want to see LGBTQIA folk on TV reality. But I want to, and here's a, like, I'm not going to call out the reality show, but it started in Atlanta. And my issue with them was that they are, I've lived in Atlanta for 12 years. I know some movers and shakers. I know some designers. You know, I know some musicians. You know, I know some producers, some writers, some people who are who are behind the scenes in reality. Come on, is this what we're are we really picking from the litter? You know what I'm saying? Like we, we are we are not guinea pigs at this point. Reality TV has been around for too long for us to sit here and be choosing people who really have no. I'm sorry. Talent. Yeah, no talent. So what are you talking about? None of the movers are the shakers. Well, well, let's check it out. What's I think it might about? be. Well, I think it might also be the fact that that's some people that they can get to participate in there, you know. <laughs> that is true. Maybe their budget, maybe their budget is a limited yeah. capacity. Because you got to remember, those people who are movers and shakers might not have the time for them. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, that's, a good, that's a good way to look at it, but I don't know. You know, I, 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 we, we <laughs> no, I mean, no, groups of friends. Like, I have my own people. Like, we, we, yeah. we know, uh, like, of each other. This group right here is six of us in this little. Uh, uh, this conversation here, and we all have our like set, okay, of people. I, I cannot believe that somewhere down the line, it's not a set of people, and we can't come all together, the six of us, <coughs> to find resources to find someone to say, hey, you know, we want to support this thing with this positive light on what it is that we do. Because there's a lot of people that don't even know. I'm a nurse by trade, but I love drag. I design dresses. I do all kind of stuff. And most people tell me, I don't even know you do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But we, uh, then there's so many people out there just because what you do to make your money doesn't mean that's the only talent that you have. Right. And so if we I know we've got to. And now that I'm with Toya on this, I'm hoping that this pandemic thing will allow us to really be able to push ourselves to see what our talent is and allows us to collaborate and be able mm -hmm. to make something really great moving forward as a people. Yeah. Because we sit around and we talk about, oh, you know, we want this, we want this, we want this, we want that. You know, we really don't, we really don't, we don't really don't need other people's money. You know, we really don't. We well, I'm hopeful that it's going to happen. You know, between you've seen the way everybody's dropping a brush, passing a brush, and right. the don't rush challenge. So I mean, yeah. you know.
I mean, but I think, that also to me, those drop the brush challenges were just to show off that oh, I'm a fat ass person too. Like I don't, I didn't, I just feel like somebody. But it's getting them, a, it's reason. getting them a little attention, and hopefully that's going to expand their platform to really dig into their creative toolbox, so they can think of more mm-hmm. innovative ways to to ride that wave, if that's what you desire. Well, that's true, but some of these girls are doing a drop the brush already. Okay. I want to say something to what Andre said. Like you, well, more so for two Andre anyway, because you got to remember you, you like you guys are a little older than us, but you got them from a different generation. <laughs> and just a little. Okay. <laughs> These and this this younger generation has been raised by reality TV, so this is what they're seeing. So you gotta remember, that's why I know for a fact it's not gonna happen because these are the same children who's ready to run out here and get in these malls and get to this restaurant, get to this bowling alley just right now, just because they're so bored. They they've never made their home a home. True. Like they don't know they don't have nothing at home to do because they're always out and they never made their home a home. They don't know how it's to cook. So many of them that I see, that they don't don't know how to cook. I ain't gonna lie, I don't know how to cook either. Oh, but, <laughs> oh, but I will get in that kitchen and try. So I want to. Are you right? I agree. I my totally daughter, agree with you. I totally agree with you. My daughter's twenty-one. She's home, so I have to. She keeps me hip. She kind of trying to keep me on my toes. She's a millennial. I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Huh? You I'm sorry. Sorry. Don't be though. You know, I've always had, you know, you know, uh, my god kids and kids. I've always taken on. I was the one that always had all the kids with them. I like to be able to talk to them because I didn't have anybody to talk to growing up. I had to learn the street. Street taught me. Oh. So, and I just think that some of these young kids need you know someone what? to talk to. You know what they need to do? What kind of reality show they need to create? Okay. They need to take these millennials and put them in the middle of nowhere on a farm and let them raise some chickens, get some uh, they food, they cook they for themselves. Baby, that's, that's gonna be that's gonna have zero ratings. Box they office boys. Baby, I want. Uh, uh, no, no, no. That's actually gonna be good too because <laughs> them kids are gonna go crazy. They're gonna you go crazy. Time. They ain't gonna know what to do. They're gonna lose their mind. You're gonna yeah, be tight. There's no cell phone. There's no cell phone. There's no cell phone. Without a phone. Y'all are talking over Y'all talking over each other. Well, I was trying to compensate. You know, that's how black people conversate. We talk with each other, not at each other. <laughs> so, so, so on those same lines, you see now it's pop culture and, and its influence. So going along those same lines, because you guys have been talking about this, and this this was a question or a topic that was proposed to me you know, by someone who shall remain nameless. Um, rappers influence the youth, you know, even down to the gun violence or the liberal content, the way that they have a disdain for a certain community or disrespect or whatever, you know. Again, like Slick said, you know, uh, they are influenced by, you know, what they grew up under and that's social media and that's, you know, all this technology. So we're saying that um, we do have members of the LGBTQIA plus community that have now been invited um, and accepted into what we know as pop culture, you know, from a celebrity standpoint. So you think about Bobby Lights from Miami, Love and Hip Hop. Uh, don't roll your eyes. <laughs> Just <laughs> Listen, rapper Salty Santana, uh, Alonzo Arnold, who's a celebrity stylist, follow him on Instagram if you would like, um, Alyssa Edwards, uh, Milan Christopher, T.S. Madison, the list does definitely go on. Mm-hmm. We've seen people evolve, 
You know, some of those names, we've seen them evolve and do wonderful things. And we've seen some that, you know, are kind of doing their own things. Oh, you know, can add their J and, and all of them in there as well. Should we hold them as they are LGBTQI celebrities in the limelight? Should we hold them to even higher standard because of their celebrity? Um, should they have a certain level of responsibility now that they're on a broader scale? No. Um, and uh, or should they just continue to be continue to be who they are because they do not want to uh, feel like they have to bend the rules or, you know, some people just feel like, hey, even though I'm gay, I'm not a part of the community. Um, so just give me what your thoughts about that um, pop culture and its influence as it relates to LGBTQI celebrity. First of all, uh, being that they're a gay celebrity, that's them. That has nothing to do with me. How they live, how they move, how they work, how they play has nothing that to do with me because I don't move how most of them move and I don't do what they do. But at the same time, they are in. We are in the same community. That, that's, so, that's just that. I, that's, so, I, no, just be you. Okay. Yeah, because you have to be a quote, quote unquote celebrity. You know, I support. Yeah. I I do support them. I just wish that there was as much of the other half of the gay community as well as these outlandish personalities that you see. Yeah. It wasn't just the, a lot of the flamboyancy and that kind of stuff, because there is another piece, a whole nother sector. That's just a, that's just a portion of who we are as a people. Unfortunately, because the, 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 the broad spectrum that they get, unfortunately for people that do not know that or have not experienced that, they think that is the representation of, of who we are because they see so much of that one sector. I would just like to see some diversity in it. Now, why? I don't know. It's because, you know, maybe some of the professional people don't want to do that type of show and don't want to be associated. I don't know, really know what that. I feel I feel most of the, uh, the reason why most of the flamboyant gays are um, being highlighted. Highlighted or profited on is because they are them and they don't care about being them. Most of your masculine or subtle gay men, I'm gay, but I'm gay to me and the people I know. I don't need the world to know my business. The other, mm -hmm. we, other me, myself, because I'm a loud out gay girl, but at the same time, <laughs> that's well, me. I, think I am too. That's me. That's me. <laughs> I think most of the people are not like that. They're gay. Once you ask them a question, they're not gonna lie and say, I'm not, but. I, I'm not gonna put my business out there like that. I don't want to be a gay rapper. I'm a rapper, but why I gotta be a gay rapper? I yeah, I agree. Um, individuality is very important yes. when it comes to that. I don't believe that um, everybody should fall under a certain social construct because that erases the individualism that we all should possess. But I do believe that there should be a level of knowledge that that's indicated or connected to the messaging that we put out when we use our bodies or we use our products to represent ourselves that we're also, we have not earned the ability to self-identify. I don't care how we look at it. If I go out there and do something now that's illegal or negative and I get apprehended or caught, they're going to say now trans women are doing this. There, I, have, I don't believe that we as a people, that black people have elevated to a point where we're able to totally self-identify. So something that we do is going to be connected to others that live in that same quote-unquote lifestyle or under that umbrella but with that being in mind i think that we should be able to be more considerate of the messaging that's attached to the things that we do 
I think the messaging is the thing that helps shape how we all navigate through society. It doesn't have total um, connection to us, but it does have, it creates an undertone, it creates a, a level of comparison, and it also creates a lane that they feel as though we all should navigate under. I do believe that. Yeah. Now you said yeah. about also with self-identifying, that's an issue that we have, have all oh, had. Yeah. Period, period. Self-identifying. If, if we would learn how to do that, I think that people would accept who we are a whole lot better. But mm -hmm. there's a fine line between that. that. You know, it's hard getting there. You know, I'm a black gay man from that grew up in, you know, middle class that had to learn about my own sexuality and become comfortable with it myself because nobody was around to tell me, okay, well, this is what this means and this is what those thoughts mean and this is why when this happens to me, that's why you do like this. I had to learn that as you go. So, but even with the self-identifying, Andrea, you're a nurse. So with you being able to self-identify, there still is a messaging that's attached to you being a nurse. There's still a level of decorum in a way that you have mm -hmm. to carry yourself in navigating through life. That's the messaging piece that I'm talking about. And I think because we don't have a clear, concise idea or, or decor of how of the messaging that we're in, we don't control the messaging. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Those media executives, those people that create this will that creates this oppression that creates this thing that um that they that we were talking about earlier that make it not okay for kids to be comfortable or feel feel okay at home or are not happy to be at home that's why they're running out into the streets we're not able to control the messaging that's conducive to our lives as black trans and lgbt people now how do you think we can fix that like i'm 54 so i feel like i'm on my, i'm on my second half of life and so we have to create these things that create the messaging. And like I always have this conversation, we as black people, we have not earned the right to be pro-black, period. I mean, we can be supportive and, and self-affirming and supportive as black, but pro-black, we can't be. We don't have our own forms. We don't produce the car. We don't make car. We don't have car companies that we create as black people. We don't have airlines for black folks. So all of the things that we would need to be totally pro-black, we don't have that. You understand what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. because we don't have those things, there's still somebody else control the messaging for us. And our behaviors also are the thing that they use to dictate how they're going to appeal to us and how they're going to attract to us. I think we have to create, we have to unify unify and create that. If, if gay men don't want to be labeled as flamboyant or things of that nature, I think they need to collectively come together and set that messaging. If trans women don't want to be um, considered as sex workers or things of that nature, we have to collectively come together to change that messaging. And that's the piece. We're never going to be on one accord to really change the messaging because we all are individuals and we all have a different belief in how we should move and navigate. Well, girl, and while I'm we're sorry. doing that, they're still capitalizing on us because girl, even though six of us on this call saying that's not how we want, we don't want that negative stuff. We don't want those social, we don't want those reality shows. We have a mass of people that do because they are, they are hearing to the messaging that's put out. Yeah. The so, rating. So, I put boxing our our community in the LGBTQIA spectrum um, because it's something that, I, that I've been thinking about, and I'm glad you guys were pretty much hitting on the point in this Daniela. And thank you guys for um, that are uh, commenting, and I definitely want to go to your comments. I don't see them. I, I know that you're commenting, but I don't see them. Um, so I'll look and just. Where are they commenting? Um, but I see people are commenting. So. Boxing. So one thing that, you know, when I came up and I'm sure a lot of, the, you know, the other um, men on the panel uh, come up, OK, you know, I'm gay. I like men. I'm attracted to men, this, that, and the other. But why is it that, and, and Ebony, I definitely want you to chime in as well. But why is it that you feel like 
the LGBTQIA uh, community, they box us and, and label us as one thing. So if I come out and I start dating men and I'm attracted to men and I love men, being in a relationship with men, but um, that's all that I am. People think that that's all you can be is gay. Now, my friend can be you know, gay and only like men, but for someone like myself who I'm starting to figure out that I'm more so um, uh, attracted to personality and people versus gender, um, so it could be it could be pansexual, it could be you know asexual, it could be you know whatever you know gender nonconforming. They'll, these are things that I'm getting older that I'm starting to realize about myself. But what I what I don't like in the community is that realizing who you are or, or you start to come into who you are, people will still continue to label you as you're gay. You know, or if I was to say, oh, you know, I think that I'm I, I'm identifying as gender nonconforming now or whatever. People now have a problem with it. Or if I'm not myself to be pansexual, or if I am a I am a cisgender man that cisgender man that enjoys the company of another trans uh, of a trans woman or a trans man, why is that a problem? You know, at wow. the same, I don't care what you guys think. How long is this called? How long is this for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just you just we just began this. We have to have sequels to this honey i mean at the end of the day it's just like car dealerships there's levels to it um we can't just have a car we have to have a lexus or we have to have an infinity or we have to have a bentley or things of this nature and i think once again michael we had this conversation several times when we introduce ourselves to people that's how people begin to get comfortable with us and our and, and their comfortability dictates how they're going to act and how they're going to accept and sometimes how they see themselves and so when i introduce myself as toya and that's it. So now, five years later, I don't want to be toy anymore. It's now I'm going to have people that I consider close to me that's not going to be able to adhere to that because, oh, well, baby, that's how you introduce yourself. That's how I'm going to see you. But that has nothing to do with that individual. That has to do with you being comfortable and you have already compartmentalized or identified this role that this person should play that makes it easy for you to live. Not this individual. We're not keeping in mind or we're not being mindful of other people. We're making these things convenient for us. If I'm telling you that my name is Toya and that's that even though you met me as Toya five years ago, my name is not Toya. My name is now Francine. Why the fuck you can't call me Francine? If that's how I'm self-identifying. If I'm telling you that I'm Francine or oh, I'm not going to call you that because I remember you as this. That's your personal issue. You see what I'm saying? And I think it's that whole piece right there because that whole thing takes the comfortability away from themselves and giving that power to somebody else and that's what makes us uncomfortable we don't want to challenge ourselves or even be considerate of somebody else and that's the problem for me amen amen now baby preach preacher i told you vice president honey i'm gonna call joe <laughs> that's the problem uh, desiree uh slick you want to comment or no, uh -uh. um, <laughs> why y'all don't want to comment? What happened? Oh, oh you lying? Oh, I'm sorry. Because you know, somebody's mic. I'm, I keep hearing feedback. Is that you know, I think we're finally getting there. You know, it doesn't bother me that much because you know, I, I grew up in a time where you know you couldn't be this. There, there's there's no way you could really be truly openly gay. Uh, in when I was coming up, it just wasn't the, the proper thing to do. You, you know, there wasn't as much, there wasn't, you didn't even really know how to deal with these feelings. There were no TV shows that tells you how to do it. There was no 
special school for you. There was no, there, there was nothing really out there. We were just trying to figure it out. There was no, you couldn't, there was no Google. Okay, none of that kind of stuff like that. So we had to kind of figure it out as it goes along. And so I just think that we have to be better about allowing these kids to be able to be themselves and that we do need to be able to tell, talk to them through this process because now they have so much information that they don't know where, where to go to or what to listen to. That's true. Yeah. And so many yeah, kids- Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Slick. Slick, uh, I was just having this conversation with somebody else, and I was just saying that these, these, uh, the the, the community today have the, the younger kids have it so much easier because even though you're a little bit older than me, I still me growing up, I couldn't be out like I wanted to at high school. Even when in my twenties, being coming out to my family and stuff, like it still was hard as fuck. Now, gay is a fact. Like you, everybody wants to be gay. Everybody want to vote. Everybody want to do everything that we're doing. Like everybody wants to go to balls now, just because of polls. And it's just like everybody hated the polls. Like even the ball, even the, the, our own community, a lot of people hated the ballroom scene up until polls. And as soon as polls came out, now everybody on that ballroom bandwagon, just because it's now on TV. Like now, so why y'all jumping on it now? But I mean, it's, I don't know, it's just it's. And in reference to that whole gender piece, um, like Andre said, I do believe that we're getting there because a lot of people, just like a religion, a lot of people are coming to self-identify with their own personal relationship and they don't want nobody to define their relationship with their higher power. So they have identified their personal relationship. And just like we as humans, we are spirits living a human experience. Our energy is the thing that controls our body. And most importantly, energy is the thing that's attra that attracts us to other individuals. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I love masculine energy. So if a person is embodying masculine energy and they are moving in a certain way with that energy, there is a possibility that at some point I may find that attractive because I'm totally drawn to masculine energy. And I think once we are connected to that energy piece, we forget about that gender piece because the energy is the more predominant thing. And I tell people all the time, confidence and self-esteem is the most attractive thing that makes a person attractive to the opposite or sometimes the same sex. You don't have to always be a gorgeous person or in, in that particular way, but if you move with a level of confidence, that energy that you exude, that you're aware of your presence when you're entering into a space, whether you're male or female, you have the ability to grab the attention of someone else. And I think it's that understanding and that awareness of that energy that's really shifting or having these gender these gendered conversations more regularly. We're understanding, like Micah said, I am attracted to what I'm attracted to. You have identified that you're attracted to masculine energy and whoever's able to host that can get a minute of your time. And from that, you can identify or decide, oh, well, no, I can't go this. Yes, I find you attractive and you have these things and things of that nature, but there's another piece that I'm not comfortable with. But once we know what we desire, we're more able to navigate and have that conversation toward that. And once we have that conversation, we're able to identify this is not what I want. And I think this this is what our kids, this is what the youth, and this is what we're going through and we're experiencing now. We're understanding that we are connected to energy and we are not afraid to move into the direction of that person that's, that, that, that's a conduit of that energy. So uh -huh. the energy is the most important piece. Uh, someone on Facebook, um, well, since he posted it, I'm going to go ahead and say his name. Uh, Benny, CEO of uh, Black America, he said, it's hard for older gay individuals to accept new labels because they are ignorant of their definitions. Oh, now that I can agree with. 
I can agree with it. It changes every day. Shit. Yeah, it I mean, does. there's new terminology. But growing up in the time that we grew up in, you were either gay, you're a sissy, a fag, or top or bottom. There was no in between. There was no nothing. There was just yeah. No but you also but they were blocking hurt. a whole demographic of people out there that did not that did not fall under those confines. That's true. So but now what they're saying is no one want they don't want to leave anyone out. Right. So and that's why the spectrum continues to get longer and longer. And I don't like when people say LGBTQIA elemental P like that's so disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people are just trying to find their space. And as we get older and you know, more wiser, we, not just about what who and what we are attracted to, but we just continue to learn more and more about ourselves. And I just <laughs> people, people just respect people. Why are y'all laughing? You um, laugh because the children um, raising their hand, baby, like they in first yeah. Um I just want people to you know be respectful of who and what people are, just like what um, what Toya said, just respect people for, who, for however they present themselves, however they introduce themselves to you, respect that. You know, if if you know me as Adrian, you know me as Adrian. You know, uh, the a vast majority don't know, does, do not know me as Adrian. They know me as Mike, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I used to get really offended when people would call me that, I'm like, okay, you don't even know me, you know what I'm saying? So you just have mm -hmm. to that's, that's that's a part of me. I don't neglect that. That's the name that my mother gave me. It's a beautiful name, but Mike is also, you know, a, a part of that. So um, that doesn't mean that any of you who don't know me can just walk up to me and call me Adrian because I might slap you in your mouth. But... Baby, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can call you that. So before we move forward, because um, I'm going to do another about 30, 30 minutes or so of this conversation, just of this show, but um, Slick, go ahead, and then I want to move forward. Okay, so with the letter representation of our community, I don't even understand it. Like every time I get to trying to understand it, it's another one attached to it. So it's just like at this point, I understand we are we are we are one as a community as it is. And no matter how you like identify, we they don't outsiders are gonna group us as one. So yeah. I don't feel like that we really need to add all these letters because that takes away because at this point people are saying lgbt abcdefg because it's like at this point they they look at it as it's a joke because everybody we want to include everybody but the point is we already have the lgbt like and that just was good. nobody the labels i mean the letters stood for something but for me i feel like even outsiders just look at it as that's just the gay community gay community no matter if it was lesbian lesbian bisexual trans whatever no, I, I mean there are there are there are levels to all of it. I mean, even when we look at the political I'm parties, not saying that they're not. No, no, I understand totally what you're saying because there's a lot of people that um identify and agree with what you're saying. But what I'm saying is the problem with that is that it closes out and it kills off the life or the 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 the, the representation of so many other people. You know, if like I, if regardless of even if you want to have the understanding and the knowledge that there is the LGBTQ. If somebody else come to you and say, well, I'm inter that I'm intersex or I'm queer or I'm gender non-conforming, your response should not be a negative one. You see what I'm saying? If they are self-identified, like I didn't enter this call correctly because I'm a community leader and advocate. And when I enter into these type of spaces, I put out there how I want to be identified. I usually start off a conversation. Hey, my name is Toya. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, anything feminine. And I think that really, because when we go into community spaces, there are so many different individuals that identify as, as other. 
And that other can be gender nonconforming, that other can be queer, that other can, it, it, it's a plethora of things, but being able to self-identify sets that straight. And I think because we don't even introduce ourselves properly when we're introducing ourselves to our, to our counterparts in community. There is not a true greeting, a genuine interaction, like that whole, what's up dogs? No, baby, no, don't do all that. Yeah, that, that. We don't even greet each other in a correct format to really establish that level of connection in that in that genuine interaction. And, ben, and Benny commented and say, I think it was just kind of, it was a question, but it was also like a overlay of just, I guess, wanting people to, to think about it. He said, do we understand why the label is important? Yeah, I just said why. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I'm just reading. And I don't saw, want it to be taken out of context. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't I, slick. No, 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 no. I was just speaking. You, said, you, like, you can reply. And they, I'm about to say, I don't reply to people. If they want to be called with that, I, I respect people. But I yeah. do think that adding all these letters is taken away from the, the message. Because if you, like now, you say everybody wants to be included. But then you put the plus. Now, the people who are not on here is not included. So now they just a plus sign. No, I think everybody oh. on this call have the ability to shape the way that the person next to them see themselves. Like, regardless that any of us have already had people that already have preconceived notion of what gay looks like. And I think at some point, none of you guys identified or filled what that gay looks like to your family or friends. But your existence became a model of what that should look like and how they should treat you. And I think that's what those individuals that navigate under those other gendered spectrums um, are able to do. So if you was to be encountered around someone that queer like Giselle recently came out and said she was queer and that you know when Janelle Monet and individuals like that so when these individuals that are able to impact in certain ways introduce something different it, it piques the knowledge and the interest of others and that's how we grow as a community it was I didn't take it as negative I just wanted to use that as an opportunity to put that information out there so like, um, so we're going to move higher in the program. Um, I love that conversation. And like you said, there's, there's more to it. Um, yeah, uh, Toya, and I definitely want to make sure that, ready now. <laughs> <laughs> huh. that we yeah, see, like I got two different names. I have five in a minute. Yeah. Toya, <laughs> yeah, Ebony, all those different things. So you fine. Yeah, yeah. you fine. That's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, so I mean, y'all can call me Adrian Michael, whatever. I mean, my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you just us we gonna get slapping them out. Oh, no, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're gonna move higher. So I want to talk about really quickly just friendships and um, uh, let me go ahead and put that up here. Yes, friendship conversation. Uh, so how do you forge friendships at this age, whatever age you are? How do you forge friendships? What connects you and draws you to people? a person possess in order to be a part of your circle what well baby, the word is, how do you what forge like how, how, how do you how do you get friends like how how, how do you forge those relationships no. have relationships with you know well you know i've always you know I, I'm, I'm old school again so you know i try to teach young people how i you know because i'm the girl in my group that can be friends with all the girls now they might not be friends with each other but i can be friends with all the girls over time, I'm a people person, number one. I see the good in all the people, but you have to find out where to put people on your list. And that's what allows me to really be able to move forward with people. I have some people that they're very close to me. We have the same type of outlook on life. We carry ourselves in the streets 
same. We're both movers and shakers. We're just trying to grow old and retire and be happy. That's all we're really trying to do. You got other people that do up like other kind of things. They're good time girls. They don't like to go to work, but they love to hang out to the clubs. If you want to go out, you want to know where to go, you call them girls up. Hey, girl. Come on, good time girl. <laughs> you got hustling girlfriends out there that you in a rough rut. You want to know, hey, girl. I got to figure out how to do so and so and so and so. You call that girl up and say, listen, girl, what's up with tea? And she'll tell you how, where to go, how to do it, who to call, call somebody for you, get you what you need, boom, 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 boom. So you just have to be able to do that. So, But I think the main thing in being able to do that is to understand who you are. What are the things that you value in yourself? Do you have self-identity? And self-identity doesn't necessarily have to be your sexual attraction to what. What do you want to do? When, you're, when, when, when your light goes out and you make the transition, wherever that's going to be, what do you want to be left about who you were when you traveled on this earth? And how do you want to navigate and guide through that? And so when you find out who you are, it's very easy for you to be able to find who to gravitate to, who to allow into your personal space that you may talk to at all times, who you want to be around that will teach you something. That's, you want to teach people that's the point. Also want you to be able to learn something. So you have to move about where it is that you're trying to get you and how you feel comfortable and where it is. But it starts with who it is that you want to be. What type of person do you want to be known as? And I think that's how I've learned to, uh, I also have a spirit of discernment too. You know, that takes a spiritual connection to be able to find yeah. out to read through some of the bullshit with some of the spirits with some of the children. That's another thing. Cause you have to, you really have to pay attention to people. Cause mm -hmm. I don't call everybody a friend cause everybody's mm -hmm. not my friend. Yeah. I have associates and I have friends. Mm -hmm. My associates can tell you my phone number, my address or what, nothing about me. I only socialize with you when I see you. Mm -hmm. You gotta know who should, who not, who can, who should be in your circle. Mm -hmm. that, you shouldn't even have a circle. You should have a triangle. You need three motherfuckers. You oh, sorry. Oh, I know it's all right, girl. You just come. You Okay, you gotta have three people in your circle that are just strong people. You know that gonna have your back. Mm -hmm. That can answer all your questions. That's not gonna judge you. That's gonna be there for you. That know your family. That knows everything about you that presents that friendship family quality. Because to me, I don't have friends, I have family. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't be my friend, you either my sister, my brother, or you're nothing. Because yeah. friends, friends, your friends give that, they have that friend thing, there's too many, too many things in that friendship that can mess it up and make you hate them or love them. Because mm -hmm. if you just have a friend, they're gonna fuck you over in the end. They're gonna sleep with your man, they're gonna mm -hmm. take your money, they're gonna rob you, they're gonna do something, they're gonna talk about you, talk to you in your face and smile as soon as you leave, say everything you said to them to somebody else. That's what friends do. At least they will. See, you had said something that you said something that resonated to me because for a long time I couldn't decipher from family and friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I grew up not going like I didn't go to prom, I didn't go to dances or nothing like that because my mother has thirteen brothers and sisters, my daddy has not. So I had family my whole entire life. So I didn't need friends. I was popular in school, but I didn't need friends. I had family. Like all my aunties and uncles have two or more children and they children have children. I have aunties that are younger than some of my cousins. So I had a huge family and I didn't know how to decipher what's a friend and what's a, what's a family member because I treated mm -hmm. everybody like family. Oh no, you can't do that. For a long time, well, for a long time in this community and it fucked me over a lot. And it hurt, I got hurt a lot because of it because I didn't know how to decipher who's an associate, who's really a friend, Who's, because I only knew one way. 
And that makes you shelter your feelings. Now you, you shelter your feelings towards a lot of things that other people have to deal with that damage because of which how you set that up. But go right, ahead, right. what you say, what you say? I think what both Slick and what Andre is saying is very important because I myself come from a very huge family. My grandmother has 16 grandkids, 18 great grandkids, on her way to great grandkids, and before she die, most likely she's gonna have great, great, great grandkids. Um, and that's just my mom's side of the family. Um, and to me, having this this tight-knit family, we always celebrate things together. It was hard for me to identify, to, to identify what's family and what's a friend, because my family was so tight-knit together. Um, on top of the fact that, on what Andre was saying, um, when I first came out at 15 years old, I was finding friends for acceptance. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for friends who, who shared the same values as I was sharing. Oh. Um, and I was, that was a lot of my age 15, 16, 17, 18, all the way, you might as well say to about maybe, I really started finding myself like maybe around the age of 24, because I knew I was. I knew who I was as an individual, who I wasn't as a person. I knew what I wanted to do in life and what what I wanted to be in life, and what I did, what path I didn't want to go down. Um, so I think when Andre said that once you find out who you are as an individual, your values as a person, it's easier for you to become to to basically find a circle of friends who you can connect with. Because like I said earlier, I don't call too many people my friends, and I'm all, I'm almost like how James is. If I call your friend. Now I'm gonna attend your family, which means you're coming around my personal family if I'm a friend. Not for that. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, how me and Micah interact, even when I bring people around, um me and Mike are around people, or um even my significant other, when now that he knows them how close me and Micah is, he he even thought me and Micah, he thought me and Micah knew each other for years. A lot of people, even people that me and both Micah know, they think me and Micah knew each other for years. Me and Michael only knew each other for a year. That's it, just a year. Um, but it's because Connection. Of, legend. It's, it's because of um, who we are, not only as individuals, but what we stand on in the values um, that we stand on as well. Um, so that's kind of how I look at look at friends. Even those who I've grown over the years, who I've called a friend and have put them in a family member, I've I've about myself to kind of distance myself from them, but having disowned them because of the relationship that we have grown over the past 10, 15 years. But because our values are so different and we're going on a different path, it's kind of like how you have that uncle or cousin where you're like, I love you, but I'm gonna love you over there. Mm -hmm. So th that's how I kind of view my friendships now. Like I tell people, People, like even when I speak to people, like, oh, you're in ballroom, so you must do this, so you must do that, so you must do this, you must do that. Why aren't you hanging out with these people? Why aren't you hanging out with these people? I, ain't, I, ain't, I hope I don't offend nobody. Like with me, I'm cordial with a lot of people who escort. I'm friends with people who escort, but I don't gravitate to those who escort because I, I don't understand what it is that, that they have with. So I can't like I, I can't pretend that's because you, you understand yourself as a person that's why right i understand them as a person but i don't understand there so i can't sit up and have a conversation about escorting work because i've never been an escort i've never been down that road so for me to 
act like or pretend like I can connect with somebody who escorted or somebody who who's transitioning. I can't do that. Now I can respect you as an individual. I can grow to love you, but I can never act like I, I understand it. Right. Yeah. And trust me, I have, I have a lot of friends that right. we call it that go on tour. That's what we call it when they go on tour. <laughs> a lot of friends that go on tour. And when they go on tour, that's just them. I like the story and I love the conversation, but my thing is I'm gonna support you if you are my friend my family and that's what you do i'm going to support you because that's what you want to do right that's it other than that i don't know your girlfriends i don't know your girlfriend girlfriends i don't do i don't hang out with that crowd i know you right that's, that's what i'm trying to say that's what i'm trying to say because i don't want people to take it wrong like for instance if me me and andre are are been knowing each other for years and he and he escorts i'm really <laughs> andre like <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. went from a nurse to an escort. Oh, yeah. Right. That's what the is That's giving right. We're going to call him right. a nurse board, right. baby. A nurse board. Andre, has, we have that connection, but I don't want everybody around Andre to think because me and Andre have this connection that all of a sudden I'm friends with everybody else that he's that he has went on tour with. Mm-hmm. So that's where and, and I hate I hate that in our community though. Like just because you hang with a certain people, not everybody is the same. Yeah. You do have birds of right. a feather that flock together, together, but you can tell which birds flock together that do the same thing. Right. And yeah. And, and you know, I ain't never been that girl though. I ain't never been that girl to really have a problem and not really hang with somebody like a something like that. Who that raising their hand toward you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't been. It doesn't really bother me, but I'm secure in who I am and what I am. Yeah. You know, I read a bitch. Don't bother me. You know what I'm saying? I don't have no problems. Um, it's difficult because not everybody, you know, it takes a, I don't know where that confidence really comes from. I can't say that, but it does take a level of self-assuredness to be able to walk around and to be able to not bend to peer pressure because a lot of times I think that's what it is. Oh, honey, you you know, hang with her. She do so and so and such and such. Girl, that ain't got nothing to do with me. She mm-hmm. works with me. I give her a ride. She drive the bus. Girl, we ride. Give her a ride. Boom. She fine with me. That's it. You know, what people, 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 you know, a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, people like that are just jealous. They're okay. jealous, or they have something against that person. Yeah. Or they wanted that person, they couldn't get it. So now they want. Or, okay. or sometimes, okay. or sometimes it might not be that they jealous of them. Sometimes it might be that their experience with them was just their experience. Yes. Right. You know what I'm saying. And they want you to feel the way they feel because of their experience. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I and I hate people like that because your experience is your experience. My experience might be different. People did me like that with my dog. They kept saying, you're going to have it harder the first week. She going to do this. She going to do that. That dog has not done nothing that everybody told me because I rebuked all that shit in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry oh, that I cursed yeah. with the same damn. But <laughs> I was like, y'all not going to put that on me. Like, y'all not going to put that on my life because I'm not about to be stressed out for a week or two because this baby want to cry. So I want to say this. I'm going to let Toya speak. Uh, How do I forge friendships at this age? Um, I've always been a very selective person. Some people call me the B-I-T-C-H word, and that's totally fine. I own that. Um, But I own it in a certain way. I'm just careful of who I bring around, bring around my house, you know, in my home. I mean, I can name, I can, on one hand, how many people have been in my home. Um, And that's including my my ex-fiance. Um, but I've always been that. I've always been sheltered to a certain extent. I've And that's kept me out of a lot of trouble. I've also had people who, um, sorry if I'm not looking in the camera, but I've also had people, my friends that have protected me. 
Um, I've, I've been at tracks on Lucky Street in Atlanta, early 2000. I had friends and sisters and brothers who did coke and pills and stuff like that. And um, I was never one of those ones who indulged in that. Am I judging them? Absolutely not. They are my friends and they are my friends for a reason. But I, I want to say that I, I, I'm thankful to God for them because they protected me from all of that. Um, and I don't look and, and I learned how not to look down upon them because they do something that I don't do or whatever. Um, so I just wanted to shout it out and they know who they are. Um, but I am a protector of my energy. Um, I make sure that I do not, um, that I'm not around people who are negative. And it goes back to what I said earlier. I'm a firm believer and my friends have to, I want to, you can, I, I can be an inspiration to you and that's great, but I want you to be an inspiration to me as well. I want to, I want to be inspired by you some way, some form or fashion. Um, I want to, I want to be able to have a, a friend that supports me in everything that I do, friends that encourage me, that, that also encourage me. I will say that in this, in this pandemic and me creating these, um, creating these characters and, and things of that nature, I have learned not necessarily who my friends are, but who my supporters are. Who the that really love me for, for what I do and support whatever it is that I do. Trust me, I know who you guys are and the ones that that are not being supportive of it or whatever the case may be. I got you. I understand. Am I disowning you as a friend? Not not at all. But I just say that to say that I'm continuously understanding who I am, what I am, what I'm going to put up with, what I'm not going to put up with. Um, and to be a part of anyone's circle, to be a part of, to be a part of each and every one of your lives, I have a special connection with each and every one of you. And I don't consider you just my friend. You guys are my family. You know, we share a, a, a lot of things together. And I think that it's important in our community that we um, rally around people that um, that want the best for us and that we are inspired by and that we can respect or whatever. Because there will come a time, especially to these young people, there will come a time when you are when you will get older. You know, and those people who you thought were your friends are not your friends, you know. Um, so I, I just think that it's, it's just important at this time to re really reevaluate the people that you call your friends, um, call your associates, call your friend, you know, whatever. Um, I'll just run this off of what someone said, and I'm going to let Toya say her, her piece. Uh, this person said, someone came to me during this quarantine, and they said, I have now realized that of all the people in pageantry world, that all the people in the pageantry world was not my friend. I have not heard from anyone since no pageants are actually happening. The response, the person responded to them and said, they are your friend. You just need to understand that they met you in that arena. All y'all ever discussed was pageants. And they said, we must learn to navigate our relationships better, you know, and understanding them. And I totally get it. You know, I'm only talking, I met you in ballroom. That's all we ever talked about. Guess what? Ain't no balls happening right now. Or that's right now and if you're not trying to you know talk about something else then i don't know what else to say but hey how you doing checking on you and that's going to be that toria go ahead and i'll move to my last piece we can't hear you miss toria oh, second i'm sorry you know you mean okay now nah, go ahead um, I'll be trying to step back. I don't want to take over the whole thing. You know, I love hearing people that never really um said a lot get into it because I learn more that way. But um this is a uh, this is a I statement. Everybody here have their personal experiences about what shape friendships and what that means to them. Um, for me, one of the things that I keep in mind is that I'm not perfect, and I don't expect the people around me to be perfect. And I also understand that through life we have learned to distinguish the difference between friends, associates. And just because a person was, and we have people that meet us where we are at a particular time in our lives. 
And as we get older, we understand that, okay, well, that person wasn't my friend. That was just someone that I hung with because we had things that are similar or we had like associations. But for me, if I'm not able to have a mutual agreement with the person about the meaning of certain words, like it's impossible for me to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't understand my definition of love or some, at some point agrees with it. It's impossible for me to have a friendship with someone that does not agree with my definition of love or at some or, or even identifies with it or supports it or or believes that it too is their definition because friendship for me, I can't be friends with someone that um, I don't have limits. Or I don't have really boundaries with my friends. So if I have to change those things in order to be friends with you, you're not my friend. So having that understanding and that agreement about the meaning of that word is the thing that defines your relationship with a person. You can't be in a relationship with someone if your idea of a relationship is, okay, well, I don't want to have kids and you do all things. Y'all going to have issues in your relationship. So when you're able to have this conversation and come back to each other, then y'all can have that, that true, genuine thing. So for me, friendships is... Um, or constructed or with people that I have had in my life for years because as I grew, they grew. I have some people that I grew away from, but those were associates. But my true friends, we have never wavered away from what that true definition mutually were, uh, were to us. So I just want to say that and step back. Okay, I want to piggyback off that because that is so true. So many times in my life, uh, I am a feminine person. I've been always been a feminine person that I meet some people that are masculine. And because I have a masculine look, they think that I am that. And they tell me that. Not Erica Badon, right. Say what? Say what? Scoot. Not Erica Badon, you have a masculine look. Yeah. And Jill Scooting over here, always want to jump in, but let me finish my point. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. they would ask me to be more macho or be more man manly no. to hang with them. Like if you go places, you can't wear that. That's your friend. Right. I don't know. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> Water. <laughs> they don't want me to wear because back in the day when I was a young girl with pigtails and lollipops and stuff. Come I on, pigtails. I was very much a club. Vintage, kid. vintage economy. Yeah, skirts and heels. Yeah. Justin Falani was my first house mother back in the day in Atlanta, Georgia. When we used to go to tracks and stuff and be on that second floor where the ballroom girls was. Me and London now, my good sister, she was she London went, back then too. <laughs> yeah. London back then too, she just didn't know her name. Right. But we'd be up in the club in little fishnet stockings with little yeah. panties on, heels, yeah. vest, purse, chains, everything, because that's what it was back then. And that's the person I am. But the type of guys that I liked back then were very of the masculine feel. And they told me if you were more masculine, you would I, get more stuff. Uh -huh. And I had to realize that people who told me, who tried to change me to be something they're like, was not my friend or went for me. And same thing goes no. to your friendships. If I have to change who James is to hang out with you, then you're not for James. Mm -hmm. And being that I'm in the position that I am now and who I work for and what I do, I have to be very cognizant of who I let in, mm -hmm. who I let around me, and why they are in my circle. That's because right. they see who I work for and where I go and what I do. Like, oh, girl, hey, this thing I love. No, girl, you don't know me. Right. And I mean, what you say, but you don't know me. I that a lot. Especially living in the cities like Los Angeles, where you oh my god, mm -hmm. Atlanta, where you are, where the most of you are. Yeah, I mean, you encounter that a lot, so I get it a, a lot. See, yeah, they just come up to me. They don't say, "How you doing?" Nothing. They just like, "What you do? Oh, you do that? Can I get in? Can I get this? Can I get it?" Yeah, that's the that's the when I when I before I was in relationship. What what you know? I was on those apps, 
And the first the thing that they would, people would ask me would be like, what, you know, not even my name. Like, what mm. do you do? Top or bottom? No, not even that. What do you do? What, do, like here, like in Atlanta, it's not what you do. You know, what? It, well, when I was living in Atlanta, it wasn't that. Up here, it's what, what do you do? What do you do for a living? Mm -hmm. And I, I blocked so many people from asking me that because it's like you don't even know my name. You right. why, why why do you want to know what I do for a living? You That's know, lead in. That's a lead in. What you do for a living? Right. I'm the general manager of the dollar store. Right. So, construction worker. Oh right. <laughs> well, girl, I need some Lysol. <laughs> we give them to the nursing home and the hospital. We I but oh. that's the truth though. But one of a lot of our friendships are shaped by our our individual needs. Let's be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can do for me and attach it, you know, attach it on to me because you feel like this is gonna happen for you, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's a lot of leeches, a lot of leeches. So, I have, so I have to say this really quickly. I want to give a word to our sponsors. So let, let me go ahead and say this really quickly and we'll move to the last part. Um, you can visit www.craigtheriterstewart.com. Words Never Spoken, a memoir by Craig Stewart. Um, he has some phenomenal books. Uh, another memoir, which is a continuation, um, One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. Please check him out. Um, so much to say, a book of quotes. Uh, no, I didn't get my quotes from him. Um, some of the most in my mind, but uh, yeah, check him out. Uh, Craig Stewart, so much to say, a book of quotes. And his last one, which is about personal development. Um, hold on, I think I still hear you. Uh, for personal, personal development, Book of Jewels. Again, that's Craig the Writer Stewart. You can visit the website, www.craigtheriterstewart.com. And thank you for loving me so much, Craig. Um, and I'll continue to support you in each and everything that you do. Um, and, you know, he has a great podcast and all of that. So I want to bring us back on because someone said, I don't remember which person it was, but talked about relationships. Maybe it was Ebony. And so, Ebony, um, the question is asked of all of you, regardless if you're single, single and dating, uh, married, or about to be married, or whatever, or taken in relationship. What for you is important in finding the mate that's perfect for you? Cool. What, what, oh. what are your must-haves? You know, what, so again, what for you is important in finding that mate that's perfect for you? And what are the must-haves? What are the things that they have to have in order to meet you at that point of relationship? You want them to go first? So me to go first? So I can wait. To first. Okay, Lady well. Lady first. Okay, well, for me, um, I, I love to feel safe. So um, muscles usually symbolize strength. So I like a guy that's in shape, but I'm more of a person that I'm a visionary. So it's important that the person that I'm connected to it's able to hold me, make me feel comfortable, make me feel at ease, make it easier for me to share. Because at certain times in a visionary, they don't sleep because while the world is sleeping, they're up thinking about ideas or innovative things they can do to change the world in their lives. So it's important that you have somebody that's able to hold you in that particular moment, not in a physical way, but just a comforting way to be able to touch you and let you know that it's okay and they're going to be there. But one of the most important things is someone that loves you enough, but Feed your vision, give you room to grow. Yeah. I think because it's important that you grow and not just give you room to grow, y'all grow together. One of the most damaging things to a relationship is if I'm getting where I need to go or where I want to be and I have to reach down and support my spouse. 
or be able to get them to a place where if we would have got there together, it would have been more harmonious. So that that protective piece, that 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 mental piece, that protective mentally piece, that protective physical piece, and that ability to to just share and have and, and grow with, and the person to give you room to grow. Because as we everything around us changes, as we changes, um, our views. What I'm what I'm eating today, I may not have a desire for it tomorrow, and I need someone that's able to make a two step that adapt to that change, as I will for them. Thank you. I love that. Okay. Yeah, I love that. If you're dating anyone, but uh, yeah, I love that. I might sound super. Okay, go ahead. We're gonna let you. Go ahead. Um. Well, first off, um, I play more of the uh, masculine role uh, in my relationships, but for me. I'm looking for somebody who's like, when I'm looking at a spouse, I'm looking for somebody who I can say, not only am I visualizing you naked, but I want to visualize you with a suit on. Like, I need to see you in a shirt and tie. Why do I say that? Because I want to be, I'm somebody who wants to be involved in politics. Um, I'm somebody who wants to be the president of the United States. Um, so that's what I need to see that. I need to see that that this picture, this family picture that I have in my head in you. So when I move past the 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 outer layer of things, I'm now trying to figure out do me and you connect on certain things as far as do you want to do you believe in marriage? Do you want to have kids? How do you treat your family? Um, are you religious or not? Um I don't really care what you do for a living. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm the type of person where, and I guess it's the Leo enemy, I'm going to make sure that we're all right at the end of the day. Um, I want to make sure it's important, and I'm kind of going like back and forth. It's important, and I need people to understand that if you find somebody who accepts you for who you are, all your flaws, all your pros, your cons, everything, that is a person that you truly, 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 truly need to invest in. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I am far from a perfect individual. Far from it. I'm somebody who who gravitates off attention. I can sometimes be a flirt. Um, and to a lot of people, it can be like a, what the fuck? But that's just who I am as an individual. That's just... That's just me. It's just it's not going to break. It's not going to move. I can't. It's not going to shake or break. It. That's there's, just me. there's just certain things that you're willing to. I think everybody should be able to compromise in relationships. But right. there's things that you just will not. Exactly. And I'm just, I'm just a social. I'm just a natural social flirty kind of person. Not saying that I'm going around. I'm grabbing everybody's private parts or their butts and stuff. I'm kissing everybody. No, but I just. I'm just interacting where it can be taken as a flirty kind of interaction. Even even when you're having the conversation with a person and you're getting to know them and you have those type of discussions, it it may put someone off if you say, oh, I'm I'm a flirty person. Maybe I'm just a friendly person, you know, where you may get with someone that's not so friendly, but they have to understand, you know, my partner's a little friendly and and I got to accept that and know that it's nothing more than them being a social butterfly or friendly or whatever the case may be. You know? right. But a, but a dealer, it for me is to me, 
And if, if somebody doesn't want to have kids and they don't believe in marriage, that's something that I've fought for. Like I've been on the front line of marriage equality, especially in the state of New Jersey. Like I work with our state equality, um, um, among other things in my state. If you if you're a person who don't believe in marriage, you don't want to have kids. I am not engaging in a conversation with you on that level because that, that those are one of the things that are truly truly important to me. That's marriage and having kids. Period. I'm not compromising on that. There's no compromise. Okay. Um, a slick. No, I'm. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna answer this question unless my panel says yes. Go ahead, slick. Go ahead. Why you come to me now? Or Jay. Um, so for me, I I'm still figuring out this dating relationships, whatever thing, because I really feel oh my where you get your <laughs> sorry. Um I really came to know myself a lot more within the last year. So I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a person in relationships and moving through life still at 34. So I really don't have a lot of time to give to someone else. But what I will say is that when I what I'm looking for in a person is understanding, communication, honesty, and most of all, just comprehension of who I am as a person. Just understand like just if you're willing to just try to like understand who I am, then I'm okay with it. You don't have to like every part of me, but the fact that you're willing to just, I guess, get the knowledge of that part of me or just wanting to know that part of me or under, like just hear it out or whatever, I'm cool with that. Like you don't have to accept it or you don't have to like it because you're not going to like me completely. No one's going to be perfect. <clears throat> so. Okay, thank but you. But that's just right. my. All right, he's, telling, he's letting y'all know what you what y'all can and cannot do over there, um, or come and step to him. But but it's great that you are still, you're honest about still figuring out who you are and what you are. And I also feel like and how you navigate in relationships. And I feel like it's important for us to think about the things that if we go back and look on our previous relationships, the ones that did not work, what did I contribute to it? You know, um, and how might I move? in a better direction or better going forward with the next person. So I think it's also about just acknowledging, you know, what we contributed to the failure of the relationship and making sure that we don't do that going forward or whatever, that we just change or kind of bend ourselves a little bit. Cause sometimes you can't be stuck in your way. I'm saying not, I'm just saying everybody, anybody can be stuck in their right. way. It's, it's, you know, you have to realize everybody's, you know, with my partner, if I get a partner, they're not going to operate the same way that I do, but you know, we are together because we saw more commonalities than not. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, we're, we're ever growing and I think it's just important for us to be very clear in what we want when we're having those conversations with people in that way. Um, because a lot of people don't realize that like, what, since what I realized in this last year is that I've never been in love. Like, I've loved people, but I've never been in love because when being with those people, I wasn't able to be myself 100% because they didn't allow that I used to be that socially flirtatious person that I'm naturally in, or that I just like this, or the things that I like to do and sexually you don't like. So I can't be myself completely with you. So I'm still being this person that you want me to be, not being me totally. So I loved you, but I wasn't really in love with you because I can completely be myself. Oh, that's strong. Mm-hmm. I love it though. Mm. That's good. Hey. For the children, that was slick. For me, 
me love for I, what I envision for love for me is that I can't be without this person. Uh-huh. Like I will die if this person dies tomorrow. Like I can't uh-huh. live without this person. And I have yet to feel that. Mm. Keep working on yourself, baby. <laughs> no, I no, he's beyond it. I know. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's just the way it came out. Oh. Yeah, I gotta realize how Andre talks. <laughs> hey, it's like me, just like me. I get it, I love it. Go ahead, That's me. Well, as for me, um, I can honestly say I've never been in a relationship, I've never had a boyfriend. Um, I feel it's because of my feminine side. I feel like most guys don't want to date feminine guys. That's just my thought. Don't everybody beat up on me at one time. This is just my thought that my femininity is not attracted, uh, is not wanted by the people that I like. And the type of man that I like doesn't like my femininity. So now as me being in the stage that I am and where I am now, I'm allowing myself to open up and try to find that person that's going to love me for me and not love me for what I can do or who I can be to make them feel comfortable. Because I would have tried to change me for somebody else that I wanted and allow myself to be something they wanted all day, every day, and not be me, like you said. Now that I, I love me, I love me totally. At one point, I gave, gave up on loving me because I felt loving me was wrong because it didn't get me love. <laughs> right. And now that I'm back at the point where I love me, to, I, I, can, I don't mind being by myself now. I don't mind, I'll be that girlfriend that has six cats, two dogs, and a horse. That'd be me. I'll be fine doing that, but at the same time, Yes, girl, you know, they keep the house clean. But no, but at the same time, (laughs) I do want to find that person that's just going to be genuinely there for me, genuinely love me, get to know James outside of this. I want to be married. I want two girls. I want to have a house. I want to be that person that goes to mother-daughter days and then have these things where I go to the school for PTA meetings. I want to do all this, but at the same time, I want to be loved for me. And it's hard to find that nowadays because these kids don't know how to know. No, to me, only to me, I'm not going to just just to me. Nobody knows how to love. Oh. Nobody knows how to communicate. Nobody knows how to give. Nobody knows how to give you their authentic self anymore because everybody is pretending or at some stage being something they're not. I have not met one genuine person. Well, I'm not even looking no more. But when I was looking, I can't meet nobody genuine because you meet somebody. Hey, what's your name? My name is T. That is not your name. That is a letter. That is not on your birth certificate and your mama won't call you that. When I'm meeting somebody, tell me who you are up front because I easily give up. So, so I, I easily give up. I want I wanna this is what I'm thinking. Like not pertaining to you, but to pertain to anyone that's in your situation, you know, and that we fed and all that. And oh, I can't find, I can't find, I can't find. I'm a I'm a true believer in not really searching for love. I feel like it always finds me somehow, some way, and I'm cool with that. But I also think, and me and James have had conversations before of and this is to to Toya, this is to Andre, this is to Cheshire, this is to Slick, whatever, you know, like, are we looking for love in the wrong places? Or the question would be, where do we find, not necessarily love, but where do we find companionship? How might we go to do that without going through the apps, like a Jacked and Grinder, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, like, so how do you meet these people? Because I felt like for a long time, you're just not getting your, you're not putting yourself out there. You know, go you go to WeHo, go, you know, go do this, go to go to a, a lounge, go to a bar and just have conversation because James is the one that he'll come up to he'll come up to a stranger and act like and you see him talking, you think they've known each other for years. So and, and and I'm not a social butterfly, so I know me, I don't like I hate rejection. So somebody can like me, I'll never know because 
I and that's the, and another thing. That's my problem because when I approach somebody that I like or see in that way, I'm going to approach you as a friend. I want to be your friend first, so I can know you. I want to get to know you before I say, "Hey, I like you." I can't say I like you if I don't know you. But in my understanding and from the my test in that waters, when I approach them as a friend, I only be that to them, a friend. So all my girlfriends that are bitches, oh shit. They, they get me like this. People come to them and flock to them like this, but I don't know how to be a bitch. I wasn't born there. I don't know how to be mean to nobody. I'm not. I'm not wait a minute. You are mean to people. Ain't <laughs> don't talk, he don't talk to nobody. He's not in the club. He only speaks to the people that come to him. You're not going to paint the picture that I, I am a bitch in a way, but I am very cautious of the energy that's around me. But he's cautious. He's cautious. He's what they call cautious. I call it bitch. He call it cautious. Okay. All right, so Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Being that you are in, you're engaged and you've been with the partner for a while and you're you're heading to marriage. It was supposed to be in April, but due to COVID nineteen, we got to move it on to September. Mm -hmm. So excited and happy, and can't wait to be a part. You know, be there to to witness that. Um, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. What what? I'll congratulate you when I get my invitation in the mail. This is when I get an invitation. We got time, girl. We got time. I had a cancellation today. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. Okay. So, so what was it for you? What was important to you in finding your mate, Lenore? Ooh, child, look. <laughs> that role was so long. I, you know, I um, the relationship before this last one. Well, let me go back to the beginning. My very first lover. That's what we used to call him. I know that's an old school term. Y'all don't know nothing about that. When I, in 1984, I met a guy. We were both young, uh, very attractive, very compatible for who we were at the time. But he, his vision for himself was to own a piece of his, his family's stuff in the, in, the, in the yard or wherever, own property and have a double wide trailer and all this other kind of stuff. We used to talk. Listen, we girls we used to joke about it all the time. I was like, bitch, you're not finna make no green acres bitch out of me. It's not <laughs> that was the joke that we had. So I was one of the hardest things. I was young, probably the, the the only second person I've ever was in love with. And we were young, but wrong timing, didn't want the wrong things, probably would never work. We're still friends. You I'll make sure to introduce to you to him at the wedding. But uh life went on. I moved because I knew I wanted to be something bigger than just living out in the country. And so I had my own personal dreams. And so I went after them. Um, going through kissing some frogs, I used to be Captain Save a Hole. So, you know, I was, didn't want to be that person that, you know, judged somebody as long as you had passion and you wanted to be something and you had all of that. I thought that was good enough because I came from nowhere and nothing, didn't know who I was. So I didn't want to be, you know, I thought that would be stereotypical to judge people at when I was younger. But as I continue to date and to be optimistic, I came to realize over the years that it was more important for me after I figured out who I was, which took a while. I had to learn, accept my sexuality. I had to accept my role within the sexuality that I had accepted. And I had to learn to love that and love me and my own skin. Uh, I had to set my goals for myself. So I had to do a lot of working on me. Now, in the midst of that, when I thought I had found myself, I decided to date a little young boy. 
I would never do that again. And after that, after I got away from that relationship, I decided that I knew I loved drag. I knew I wanted someone that could be more than just a sexual partner. I wanted a homie lover friend. So I wanted someone that was could go with me at times. It didn't have to love drag as much as I did. Like that better be too much. But I wanted someone that would go with me to for us if that was times that we could spend together. So that we would have a mutual connection or some other kind of point. Um, and I wanted someone that was independent because I have a, uh, a a good circle of friends. I don't like to be smothered. I don't want me to be your whole entire fucking life. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be all of yours either. If I go to see my friends, I want you to have some of your own fucking friends to go fucking see. And <laughs> we meet back at home at night when it's all over with and, you know, come back home or do whatever, whatever. Um, and that I knew I wanted also somebody that was equally yoked with me. It had some kind of love of God because I'm a very spiritual person. I wasn't going to try to do this. Oh, I do this and you do that. Or I go to church and you don't because I think that that is a very important piece for you to be interconnected and that your your some of your faith should be very similar. Now, I'm not saying that it can't happen because I think people can, but that's a show. You got to be a show grown bitch to be able to have this set of values and you got that one set of values and for you all to grow together, I think. Yeah. So those were the things that I was going and I was just going to be single. I hadn't even really thought about it. I hadn't had a new career. I was getting concentrating on being me and who I was. I wasn't even really looking for uh, no husband really at that point. I was secure with my new career and my, I had a great set of friends and that was it. And it seemed to me that this just works for me that the moment that I became happy within my skin and that I walked, I felt like my walk was different. I had graduated from school. I had, I was happy. Um, I had great friends around me, and it seemed like me walking with that positive energy and that positive light is what my partner was felt attracted to. Not more so. Yes, he was attracted to me because he liked this type of boy, and I liked that type of boy that he was. And true enough, but I think what connected us and allowed us to continue to be together and to date was that we saw a lot of light in each other. And so and then the other part about it is that we dated for a really long time, a long time. I met him 14 years ago. We just got engaged about two and a half years ago. Mm. So we, we, we dated and the attitude that we had with each other was that well, that was what we were going to do. Neither one of us was really looking for no spouse. There was no goal, preset goal there to say, oh, I want to be married within this time. I didn't have these big expectations. I just liked what he looked like. I liked how he carried himself. I had a lot of respect for him. There were some things that I could learn about him. He could learn some things about me. And we had a common denominator because he actually enjoyed drag about just as much as I did. So then we had a common denominator. And then I allowed myself to be open because I, he came to me as a man. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? He came as a man. I didn't have to teach him to do shit. He came already grown. Who's singing? He's singing something up in regards to what you just said. That was oh, okay. And so that just made for a perfect thing. But there, I will have to say is that when you're looking for love, okay, you have to be open. You have to be. You have to be patient. Uh -huh. 
um, and you have to know what you will and what you will not accept. And communication is key. And that you have to allow that person to absorb who you are and you have to take time to absorb who they are. I think one thing that happens in some big cities is that we do not learn how to concentrate on what it is that we have right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Because there is so much distraction. Yeah. There's always someone else that looks like a little bit better or may you, you, you know, maybe there's a fantasy that you have in your head that you haven't had. And you say to yourself, oh, you know, I got this man. and He's really, really good. Oh, but bitch, you could be that fantasy. And I ain't had it yet, honey. And I want to have it. And, but we don't know how to, we don't know how to put that to the side and continue to concentrate on what it is that we have right in front of us. And I was very fortunate to find someone that was willing to invest and to be patient and to see the value in what I brought to the table and was willing to change and grow, uh, was able to teach me things to make me better. And after a while, even when after, you know, gay marriage became legal, we didn't want to just run out and get married because you could. We wanted to make sure that we were both ready. Uh, that we were doing it for the right reasons and that we had reached to the point that we wanted to be um, together, monogamous, because that was on my plate. I'm not a very big, you know, I can't do, I'm a Scorpio. So I'm very territorial. So what's mine is mine. I ain't really a sharer like that. So, and that doesn't really work for me to be with someone and you have you do what you do and I do what you do, but we do what we do is kind of different because the emotions is involved. That don't really work for me because I don't look at you the same. So, um, you know, we both kind of thought the same about that. And so over time, you just look at it and you say, shit, I guess I do want to be with your ass forever. And then the financial implications because we bought a house together and uh, you know, even though, you know, they have this marriage equality thing, you know, it's still, you know, up in the air and a lot. And I just think that for us, since we are building wealth together, that it was important for us to solidify the relationship with that we have. Because I will say that I've learned over time, you know, you can say what you want. These families try to say whatever, whatever, whatever. But when you die and they're gone or something happens and somebody has to make some decisions and you never know how life is going to hit, as we're finding out now, um, you need to be able sometimes to solidify what you have built together so that your partner and everyone else, that all the rest of that shit, the rest of them children come talking about, that they have no legal standing. Because who wants to leave your loved one with something that you built to have to deal with all the foolishness? And they can act one way when you when they don't have control, but when you're gone and you don't have any say so, you don't know how they're going to act. And that's the that's the thing, you know. Someone this I remember I was living in Atlanta, it was probably 2004, and I was so against marriage, uh, two men marrying, ugh, you know. And that was only because of how I grew up, and even though I was gay and mm -hmm. I was or you know I, I was just, you know more so attracted to men, I was still having this thought of, oh, have, getting married, having kids with someone that I probably wasn't necessarily attracted to. But they, this particular guy, I don't know who he was. We only had like one or two conversations, but he really broke it down in regards to marriage and why it's important. You know, because you can, yeah, you can do, um, what's the thing called? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, uh, lasting will and testament and all of that. You can leave that. But like when you get married, 
it's just a whole, you know, a lot of that marriage from all that red tape has got that the door. Yeah, it trumps it. You know what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. for me, uh, I know like Amanda Seals, and we won't go into it, but she said, you know, that she wouldn't want to get married because she doesn't want to get the government involved into her marriage. And I get it, but for me, I now think of it differently. Like, you know, I I, I love my mother, I love my father, I love my brothers and all of that in my brother, but if I built something with someone um, and we've gotten cars and land and houses and kids and all of that, I don't want any one of them coming in and dictating how how my life, how, how my, you know, what what's going, who's going to get what and what, you know, and then trying to have a piece of it. No, like what's mine is mine, what's ours is ours, and that does not include my people. I'm so sorry. Um, I want to wrap this up, but I, I say thank you guys so very much for um, being as open and honest and real. Toya had to go in and out. Oh, no, Toya's right there. Let me bring her back up. Hold on. Yeah, Toya, oh, honey, I forgot to add her back. But Yeah, you had put me out. I ain't going to in and out. You kept putting me out. <laughs> I didn't her, her face is so far down, I don't even see it, so I didn't put you out. But uh, I, I want to thank you guys for being real and honest and having candid conversations. Uh, I will, you know, I'll I'll join the bandwagon. I won't, you know, go long and stuff. But I will say that experience is a great teacher. I've learned a lot in in, in regards to relationships, and I had to. And I made this whole video about, you know, my ex fiance and how I thought this was going to be it, and it didn't. But I never pointed the finger on what he did or what what he contributed. I had to look at myself and what I contributed to the demise of that particular relationship. And so I just feel that. You know, or what I've learned is that going into the next relationship, I really have to have that honest conversation and really have a clear expectation to them of what I want and really getting them to tell me what they want and then being clear and honest in that. Do not tell me something just 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 so I can say, OK, and or the same same thing. I'm, You know, I don't want to hurt. You know, I think that happens a lot when we're dating. Oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I really like he's really fine or she's really fine. And oh, he's really sick. And, oh, my. The kid's going to go up, you know, whatever. And I'm really attracted to him. He got a big, you know, got the big this or she has a nice shape or whatever the case may be. But we got to realize that we're going to have to live with this person at one point in time. We're going to have to, you know, really share our household and all this kind of stuff. So we really got to dig deep. You're not going to uncover everything in those conversations prior to you becoming a couple. But I think it's just very important that we put clear expectations of what we expect. So for me, what I expect is someone that's just open and honest, um, an open-minded person, someone that communicates, someone that supports me, cheers me on, has your own stuff going on, your own friends. I support that. And, and the same, I don't want you all involved in what I do. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, I like there to be some type of line of separation, but please support whenever you can and support from the sidelines, but don't be all in my mix. So yeah, I probably would never be involved with someone from pageantry. Probably would never be involved, yeah, with someone from pageantry. I'll say that because that that has consumed my life, and I like there to be some separation. I don't want to come home and we're talking about pageant today, you know. Um, and that's just me being honest, you know. But those are the things, and that has nothing to do with my experience. Let me put that out because that's not what we talked about. We rarely talked about pageant unless I was doing something. But I, it's just a clear line that I that I've decided for myself. But I definitely want someone who wants to get married. Um, have kids if it's possible for us to do so. Um, build a home, personal development, entrepreneurship, create a business together. Those are the type of things that I want. Um, and so, yeah. And I won't go any further than that. Um, any final words? I want to get final words from each person um, to either your audience, your followers, people who are supporting you. What <coughs> advice to this about this pandemic? Whatever it, it, whatever it may be. I'm going to give you a minute 
one minute to a minute and a half to get out whatever you would like to to the people that are listening or will end up watching this um as well so we're going to start with uh toya um if you can go ahead and um you know say whatever you want to say in this last minute and a half and i'm timing y'all go ahead <laughs> I don't know. I just really I want to say that it's very important that we as people of color, um, I'm speaking to my people of color, primarily um, my LGBTQ community members and my trans sisters, that it's very important that we use this opportunity to vote. And one of the reasons why we are so mostly and not predominantly affected by COVID-19 is because the lack of health care, the lack of insurance coverage is that we are allowed for people of color in marginalized communities. So it's very important that we vote to make sure that we have representatives in place that's able to change that law where we're able to have the expanded Medicaid and the expanded Medicaid and Medicare in the South and make sure that we are navigating with those um, laws that are safe, that are put in place to protect us. Like we don't have any hate crime protection laws that makes it makes our navigation safe. So it's very important that we use this opportunity to combat those issues so that we don't have to relive any of those issues from our past. That's Thank all. Thank you so much for that, Ebony. Oh, Toya, Ebony talking girl. <laughs> it's okay. Right, even though I'm looking at you. Okay, so um, just like, uh, your final words. Um, I uh, just want to say thank you to Micah for inviting me on this platform today. Um, I enjoy meeting everyone else on this panel. Um, I do know some I am friends with on Facebook. Um, and other social media networks before this encounter. But I do want to say for everybody to please um, be safe and positive, positive surroundings. Um, I hope everyone get out of this sound and that we're able to take into perspective this pandemic that actually as a society and that we all come out of something new and fruitful. Um, I love you all for loving me. And if you have any social media networks, it's easy to just type my name, which is at the bottom, Chesare Adams. Um, and I will surely pop up. And you can, um, yeah, interact with me on there. That's it. Peace, love, and happiness. Thank you. All right. Y'all are meeting the time. Ebony was a, a minute and uh, 20, you uh, 51 seconds. Yeah. Really? <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go start to bring you on one Final word. Well, I just want to thank it, all those who came and watched because I posted it. I want to piggyback off of what Toy was saying about um, voting. I also feel like that you need to fill out the census because that also helps us in our communities to, you know, get the fundings that we need. And that's why it's been so big on the promotion on the commercials and everything like that. But um, be safe. Like, I just want everybody to take this COVID-19 serious. Stop taking it as a joke because people are really dying and stuff is not it's serious like even if you feel like it's a hoax or whatever you got to realize that people are really dying and don't take it lightly at all thank you so much Liz. I appreciate that. um andre you are next hi everybody well thank you so much for having me michael thank everyone for tuning in to michael and friends please continue to support this platform because this is what we do. We are all part of this uh, organized, uh, this lifestyle, and I think this is what we need to be able to show people, and this one makes a big difference. I love you guys. Uh, please be safe out there, too. Again, please take COVID-19 extremely serious. Um, please, as we go from now into November, please understand how we got here. 
please exercise your right to vote. Encourage those that you know and those that you love to do the same, not just in November for the presidential election, but for also for your senators, your governors. I want you to pay attention to the things that are happening around us. Okay, we are under attack, and the only way that we can do it is to get from under this current administration, and you have a right. Don't listen to the propaganda. They are going to use Facebook, Instagram, and anything they, they have to try to keep us away from the, fall, the, the polls. But I want you all to vote like this is Barack Obama, okay, eight years ago. I want you to understand it. We're 12 now. I want you to understand it and go to the polls and please vote if you do nothing else for us and be safe. And we love you guys and we hope we see you next time. Okay, thank you so very much. And let me go ahead and bring on, um, let's go ahead and bring on James. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, again, uh, like everyone said, thank you, Michael, for allowing us this platform to actually speak to one another and get the differences from everybody in the gay community. Well, some of the differences for certain people in the gay community. Uh, again, I just want to reiterate what um, Andre said. Please be safe out there because this this thing is really serious. It um, is taking the lives of a lot of people and our people primarily are not taking it as serious as it really is. And they're ready to go outside and play and flock around. If you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who can talk to somebody, get on the phone line and chat and tell them just to stay inside and don't listen to this because you are a test. Yeah. Okay. And then on top of that, just thank you again, Adrian, for this because it was um, eye-opening to me and I got some information, some things I want to think about and work on and meeting new people. I didn't follow them back on the little websites and gadgets and things. But thank you guys also. It was nice meeting everyone. And um, I look forward to doing this again soon and very soon. Great. So I guess now it's for me and my final words. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It's not going to be long. Um, I thank each and every one of you for being a part of my life. I thank each and every one of you. Um, I'm not just saying the people that are watching, but also, you know, of course, the ones that have um, decided to take, you know, two and a half hours and really three with testing to this whole, this whole guinea pig thing out in, relates, in relation to Facebook live stream yard and all of that. So thank you guys so very much for, for doing that. I appreciate you. Um, there's more conversation that will come. Um, the other thing that I want to say in regards to COVID-19 is very serious. I have not been on Facebook and telling people what has been going on in our lives or in my life or my family's life, but I've lost like four members um, today. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, this is the fourth family member that we've lost, um, whether it be second cousins, third cousins, whatever. Like I've lost, you know, four cousins, you know, um, two of which were husband and wife, and they died within a month of each other. And so I just want to send my condolences to not just my family, but all of my friends who have lost parents, who have lost brothers, sisters, who one of my friends just lost their grandmother. Um, We've lost a lot of people, and I just want people to be, be very serious, very cognizant of what is going on. Don't listen to the propaganda. Don't be so immersed in this news thing. I, I, I lend to my friends, or I, I lean on my friends for the news. I don't watch it um, because I don't want to become so depressed. I live, Cesare uh, and I live in the epic center of what is going on, you know, and for New Jersey, you know, while orders are lifted and, you know, this and the other, as of right now, we are still indefinitely closed off, you know? 
Um, so please, guys, be very um, aware. I only go out one time a day, and it's, I mean, one time a week, and that's on Saturdays. I went a day, got some groceries, and went to the pharmacy or whatever. I mean, to Walgreens or whatever. Um, but that's it, you know. And so just please be aware of your surroundings. Please wear your mask. Um, don't sell, don't over contaminate or whatever. whatever. <laughs> wear the gloves. Just there's so much information on how to um, protect yourselves when you go out. And as I always do on the radio platform, um, I always leave with a quote of the week or a quote of the day. And, and this is this week's quote. And we'll end it with um, my jingle plan. And we're going to be out of here. The quote of the week says, sometimes our lives become overbearing because we keep holding on to unhelpful thoughts and people that have already served their purpose. Once you are aware of any toxic behavior or hindrances, Trust yourself enough to release them and create change. Don't just observe, take action. I'll say it one, one more time. Sometimes our lives become overbearing because we keep holding on to unhelpful thoughts and people that have already served their purpose. Once you are aware of any toxic behavior or hindrances, trust yourself to release them and create change. Don't just observe, take action. And until next time, I hope that each and every one of you at the sound of my voice, my face, and your ears, um, be blessed, be safe. I love you guys, and stay tuned for the next to talk with Mike and friends. Hold the line for me, guys, and, and gal, if she's still here. Hold on. <laughs>